The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Welcome to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. As we continue, Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. It will be every hour this morning, actually all day, from 6 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night. You get a keyword 10 after every hour. You text it in, you win $8,000. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get a little look ahead at the NFL Draft. And the Cavaliers made it through yet again another playoff series yesterday. Joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone, who I'm sure is ready to celebrate a Cavaliers victory. Buddy, how are you? Yeah, plenty of good things going on. Plenty to celebrate, I think. Um, we don't have to work until 9, do we? That's not us. We don't have to be. No, 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 We're going to be giving away money all that long. I got a little concerned. No, buddy. 13-hour workday. I can't do it. No, buddy. You barely work till 9 a.m. That's what I'm saying. You got, no, no, no. It's not 9 o'clock tonight. No, you're good. late night for us. But, dude, honestly, kick-ass weekend. I really did have one of those weekends, you know, where you just get out and Enjoy it. One of the highlights that I want to talk about, uh, Saturday night up in Akron, Ohio Championship Wrestling. It was Tradition 14, which is essentially their WrestleMania, kind of like the big event of the uh, of Was the, there a steel cage? Of the year. No, but there will, was be, hell in the there cell? will be a steel cage in three weeks. In Canton, Ohio, at the J Babe uh, uh, Community Center. <laughs> Look, you can barely say it. He's at, so excited. At the J Babe Community Center. Um, it is going to be. Uh, they're, they're bringing a steel cage. Bash at the Babe steel cage match. <laughs> no, no shame. Jimmy Shane taking on a uh, dark star Matt Taylor. So uh, yeah, three weeks from now, pretty exciting stuff. All right, I, here's the thing. If there's a steel cage, I want to go. All right, all right, dude. You know I can make things happen. <laughs> if there's a steel cage, I want in. Yeah, it's gonna be a. Uh, it's gonna be one heck of awesome. an event. And honestly, it's a charity thing too to uh, kind of benefit that. Community center, oh, cool. so it'll be a, it'll be a cool thing. I'll have details as the event gets closer. But other than that, man, dude, it was, the weather was great this weekend. Yeah, I felt it was. like I a lot felt, of golf. It was I felt, good. Yeah, I, was, I felt like it was, it was just good. like the way a weekend was supposed to be. What'd you do? Just hang out on the golf course? All yeah, I was honestly. Well, I worked Saturday night at the Agora, and let yeah. me tell you, for all those people who hate bro country, yeah. I hate pop country. I saw a country guy Saturday night. That is like you know, Chris Stapleton became like really big last year because he's like that's authentic. Yeah, that's authentic. Sure. And uh, meanwhile, all that stuff was written by somebody else. But uh, I saw a guy Saturday night more in that vein, more in the Chris Stapleton lay. His name's Cody Jenks. And holy crap, was he good. Does he sound like a country singer? His name's Cody Jenks. Cody Jenks, Jenks, man. Put on dipper one time. Cody Jenks. And dude, he was so popular that, like, I would say, now this is purely guessing. That like forty percent of the people in the venue that night were in from out of town. Wow! I saw so wow. many Kentucky IDs, Virginia, and like all Southern. They all had that accent, and but they were like, "No, this guy's amazing." And so, sure enough, the show started, and I said to my fellow bartender, I "said Hey, I need to go check out a few minutes of this." And I get out there, and sure enough, I walk right in, and he starts covering Merle Haggard. And I was like, oh, and dude, he could do it. And then I was like, all right, well, let me check out a couple of his songs. Sat there, and I was like, man. And then so I would listen to him all day yesterday on the streaming service. Thank you, iHeartRadio, for that. And, uh, dude, it got all caught up on, uh, yeah, I got all caught up on the Cody Jenks. That dude was really good. Well, I will, uh, I'll take a Stansbury musical recommendation. Yeah, Maybe he was good. this afternoon, I'll uh, check out Cody Jenks. Put a dipper in one yeah. time, and I'll get the thanks it's, it Dude, it sounds nothing, and I mean nothing like Thomas Rhett. Okay. Nothing like Thomas Rhett. All right. Well, that so. honestly makes me kind of like, all right, well, maybe then I would enjoy this. I wish I could remember the guy's name who opened up for him because we ended up drinking with him after the show, but he his band was also very good. <laughs> but yeah. hanging out with somebody. What, what's your name? Who are you? I had no idea. No, Chris, the <laughs> owner of the bar, was like, hey, man, why don't you come and hang out with us? I was like, yeah, all right, let's do that. And then, you know, I, yeah, I can't remember. But I do want to talk about your Cavaliers here a little bit. Okay. Because I'm impressed now. Okay. All right. Now, I knew they were going to beat the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. I didn't know it would be four games, but I knew they'd get out of that series. 
Do you know LeBron's got 10, 10, 10 playoff sweeps? 10. 10 playoff sweeps. He's been in the league. This is his 14th year. Leads the NBA in that. I mean, he's the all-time leader. I think he beat Tim Duncan and a handful of other guys yesterday when they did that. I think it was Magic Johnson. Um, And honestly, I I just don't understand how they keep running these numbers. Like, they'll keep saying things like, LeBron surpasses this dude in, 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 you know, whatever stat we're keeping. And then you look at the next one. playoff scoring, right? Playoff scoring, rebounds, assists. I mean, the guy is so A freak. The guy is so good. It's it's almost, that we hate him for it's, it. Right. It's almost like hard to quantify like how good LeBron is. And I really like six ten quadified. It, nice. It, Seven twenty. It's just it's just so impressive that the way he's able to be whatever the game needs. It's not like, dude, oh, he's just such a great scorer because he's not just such a great scorer. Oh, dude, he is the best rebounder of the facilitator. Know. Right. And he's yeah. he's the best. Everything. 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 Yeah, he's the best of everything. And you keep bringing this point up. We've talked about it numerous times, and it's in the Jordan and LeBron debate, yeah. um, where you've always said it's amazing because Kobe is no longer a part of that conversation. To me, that's I, how is that not a bigger deal? And my girlfriend said to me this weekend, she's like, babe, was LeBron the best player when he came in his rookie year? And I said, no, he wasn't the best because Kobe was still there. I don't know what time, and I'd like to know, Scott, from waiting for next year's opinion on this, but at what point did LeBron really become the best player on the planet? Year like, three? When was that? When was that? Turning of the corner for him because, like, he, dude, he was a freak. His 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 or his rookie year, he was a freak, dude. No question about it. But somewhere, I don't know if it was I mean, second year, third year, fourth year, where it happened there, yeah, or when it happened. But that's I, a good question. That is a good question. And when she asked me that, I was like, I don't know when it happened, but it happened, and it, it happened feel, in a big way. It feel well. Now again, he plays for our team, right? So it feels like it's been since the moment he laced up his first pair of shoes right. on the NBA floor. But that is a good question. I wonder when that actually was. We will talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. We will do so eight twenty this morning. But it's time now for your first keyword of the day. Let's get you hooked up with a thousand dollars right now on Rock one hundred six nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9.710. You get your next keyword for Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. It's $1,000 up for grabs every single hour. 710 will give you your next keyword. 820, we'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Looking ahead at tomorrow already at 9 o'clock, we'll do New Tour Tuesday brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino. And uh, if you're new to the program, here's what we do. We take a couple of songs, play them, and then we vote on them. Now, we like local music for this too, all right? And we bar none. Any format, doesn't matter. So send me your stuff, sandsburywrqk.com. We'll get it. Uh, we'll get it aired for you. Now make sure it's edited and send me a little bio on the band so we have like a little idea of. Uh who you are, but stansbrightwrqk.com is how you can do that. Speaking of music, one of the uh, 20 million sent in a message and said the dude that opened for Jinx was Coulter Wall. Coulter Wall was the guy's name, apparently. And he was like, yeah, man, pop country could take some lessons from this. And I was like, alright, I'll go check these check these dudes out. Man, they introduced that guy to me with a uh, completely different name than that. Maybe but gave you the real name instead of the stage name there. Maybe there. I don't know. There it is. Yeah, I don't know. There, I think there was also three people, so uh, that, you know, that might have been uh, it, too. But yeah, man, Cody Jinx was damn good. Damn good. Did he get the thing stuck? Did he talk about No. Did he talk about the red dirt roads? See, like I did I bought a Cody Jinx t-shirt actually. And it's just got a picture of like a 70s van that says hippies and cowboys. Hippies on. and cowboys, one time. I mean, he was, I mean, that's just it. They they look like old school country dudes. They had hair down under their ass and like it was like that. Like, dude, they I mean they looked like old school country dudes. And man, it was good. They were both really good. So you 
Fantone affected my weekend, and he doesn't even know he did it. Okay. Okay? I can't wait to find out how. We're friends on Facebook, and I wish we weren't. Sure we are. <laughs> right? But but of course we are, like everybody is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I saw that, that, and I don't know this person. This is like somebody you're friends with that I don't know. But, but apparently, and I hope I'm not going somewhere where I shouldn't. I didn't no. even clear this with you. But a buddy of yours made it through a cancer scare. Uh, not a cancer scare. I mean, the, the, my buddy Jeff, um, guy I worked with up in Flint, uh, beat stage four cancer. I mean, like that's wow. that's that's something right there. Now, granted, uh, he's a young man, so age is always something that you kind of factor in there. But any time that somebody can do that, that is one hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, it is. Um, so you know, obviously, a guy that you know I've been friends with for a good couple of years here, and I, dude, I couldn't have been happier for him. This is one of those dudes that genuinely is just a good person, and not in the sense of like. He's a good person like you and I right. who are just being good people trying to like balance out the karma scale there where it's like, he's dude, actually yeah, good. where it's like, dude, I've done some terrible things in my past. I better try to atone for those as I get older. In the, case this God <laughs> thing is right, real. Right. Right. You know, trying to balance the scale. Yeah, I there. do that too. No, this guy genuinely is like a, a great person. And I, like I said, I just couldn't be happier for somebody. So you were like on Facebook talking about that and like making people aware of it and said, you know what? It, do something nice for somebody over the weekend. Right. As, right? as, as I said, Jeff, a really good guy, I kind of was talking to him. And I'm like, dude, what are you going to do to celebrate? Like, what are you going to do? Like, and he's like, well, dude, yeah, rescue a few, few kids. <laughs> he's like, well, dude, he's like, I'm going out to, he's like, I'm going out to California to go see my cousin soon. But what I really want to do is try to get people to do nice things. And I was like, well, Jeff, I'll, uh, I'll use my plat- platform here to kind of spread your message. So I had read that before leaving Saturday to drive up to the Agora, right? right? So I'm driving up there and my the, the, the light comes on in my uh you know that I need I need the fuel, right? All right so I so there. I stop over there, you know, uh, uh Route 21 there and I, right. I start in, and I pull into the gas station. And I had already walked in and like paid for my gas. I was like getting ready to leave. Okay. Right? And I'm like putting the seat, you know, belt back on and a guy comes walking up to like my passenger side window. And I could feel myself getting pissed off at him. Oh, Stan's very so angry. You know, I could feel myself. I was like, what? What is this? What? What what do you want? What is this son of a bitch trying to scam me for? Right. Okay. Right? Right. And so he he had just pulled up to the gas pump next to me, and he comes walking up, and I was like, I know what this is. You want something. Yeah, of course. So I rolled the window down. Just a little bit, too, I bet. Just a little teeny tiny bit. Just enough to be like, F you, dude. Stay over there, man. (laughs) Stay over there. Right? So I started to roll the window down. And he's like, he's giving me this story. I'm from Ashtabula. I just ran out of gas. It's like, well, dude, you just pulled into the gas station. So you didn't run out of run gas. Out, right. You just don't have enough money to put gas in your car until right. you get it. And I thought, like, I immediately I was like, like, nah, he's trying to rip me off. He's trying to rip me off, right? And then I, but I always say this about the people who are borrowing money at the gas station who tell you the story. Yeah, we're in town from Indianapolis. I'm just trying to get on that whole thing. At the end of the day, whether they're lying or not, they still need the money more than I need it. Right? It's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I sell myself on it. And you know what? The world doesn't care if that dude's trying to hustle me. The world cares. Karma cares about whether or not I am willing to come off my money to try to help somebody else. That's what God or karma would care about. They don't care about like whether or not I got hustled. The end result, right. It right. doesn't matter if, if, if the guy spends that dollar on booze. It you Who gave cares? You gave that dollar to him. There was a good chance I was going to spend that money Fair. on booze, right? So what, how, am I, how the hell am I right. judging that dude, right? right? So at first I like got really annoyed about it, but then I remembered I was like, oh yeah, Fantone knows somebody that beat cancer, so apparently I gotta like <laughs> hold everybody's hand. 
I was like, I got a hold of everybody's goddamn hand. I was like, that tall idiot's going to do like 10 nice things over the weekend. It's going to be a blubbering idiot about it all day Monday. And I'm going to be sitting there like, oh, the dog ate my homework. I don't know what to do. Right? So I rolled the window down and I remembered I always keep some, I shouldn't tell people this, but I always keep some cash in the car. It's a good don't idea. break into my car. <laughs> it's a good idea, though. You dicks, don't do it. But I always keep a little bit of cash in my car. You never know. You forget your wallet, something happens, whatever. It's good to have cash on hand. The last thing you want to be is that dude at the gas station knocking on people's windows, asking them, oh, dude, I forgot my wallet. I ran out of gas. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to so be that dude. I rolled the window down. I couldn't believe I did it. I gave the guy 10 bucks. I was like, yeah, I reached in my center council. I was like, yeah, that's where I keep that cash. Here, here's 10 bucks, dude. Wow. Buy gas. Do whatever it is you're going to do. Now, I didn't follow him into the gas station to see if he bought 40s. My guess is he probably bought 40s. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But honestly, uh, I'm sure. You know what? Right now, because I said 40s, <laughs> there are some of you that are going, knows. stupid black dude borrowing money. No, it wasn't. It was, a, it, was, it, was, it was a white dude borrowing money. Coming from Trash and Beulah, I'm not necessarily right. surprised by that. So, like, dial down your inner racism head. <laughs> <laughs> right? Dial it down. Just buying blood shells and 40 ounces. That's what I was doing there. <laughs> um, so, on, on it, oh, I was going to go. go no, on. no, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, honestly, I know my buddy would appreciate that and that, you know, little things like that. That are really what make the difference. And, you know, I tried to make the point of this is that, like, you know, people people that have fought that monster of cancer and people who have won that battle or even who weren't able to, you know, walk away from that battle, those are some of the most inspiring people on the planet. And I think it's really easy sometimes to just kind of forget, like, oh, yeah, doctors take care of people and modern, modern medicine's great and all that stuff. But, like, dude, at the end of the day, what an accomplishment for an individual. Yeah. Like, to wake up and be like, I am cancer-free. That's how I quit smoking cigarettes. I met a woman who was uh, who had been a cancer survivor. She showed me like all the photos. They had to like cut her neck open multiple Ugh. times and cut like lymph nodes out and like that whole thing. I mean, and she was like riddled like neck to like you know toes full of cancer. Ugh. She's constantly backing in and out of the hospital. And like I had kind of fallen for her a little bit, and so I was like, all right, yeah, I'll quit smoking the cigarettes. You know what I mean? And that's how I quit. But I gave this guy this money. And there was a little bit of me when I was pulling out of the parking lot where I was like, all right, dude, so I just gave somebody 10 bucks, right? I don't care. I obviously have $10. Right. I'm on my way to my second job where I'm going to make cash, and right. I, I'm never going to miss it. So there was a little bit of me as I'm pulling out. I was like, dude, that guy hustled me. He didn't need that money. But at the end of the day, like I said, I was like, dude, who cares? Karma doesn't care. Karma just wants me to be decent, right? And so, and I don't know what I believe in. I don't know if it's karma, God, whatever. I don't pretend to know what makes the world go, right? And so I just, you know, so I started to feel all right about it. And then I read this yesterday and I was like, see, this is why people this is why people don't want to be nice though. Okay. All right. This out of Worcester, Ohio, where police have released body cam video, and I tried to get this link to WRQK.com, but I'm having some issues with it. But police arrested a man in Worcester, uh, a panhandler they're calling. And apparently he's known in those parts as Van Man. Oh Jesus. According dude. to Worcester Police Department, officers confronted the fifty nine year old Dennis Briggs Monday night. In front of the former Ryan Steakhouse restaurant. I'm guessing that's a steakhouse that's closed sure. out there. He came to Worcester back in 2013, Briggs did, and has lived outside, uh, well, lived out of his van along Woodland Avenue. You don't get called the van man for just driving right. your van. You have to live there, of course. So he's got the van, and apparently he's got like a, like a string of shopping carts, and he lives along Burbank Road out there in Worcester. So officers then attempted to uh, to serve a notice Monday night. He became confrontational, obviously, as you're going to be. Guy doesn't have a place to live. Law enforcement's telling you to move. I don't want to move. I got to do this, right? So then they warn him like six, seven times to stop before they arrest him for littering. 
So they finally get him. They finally like have him like, you know, subdued and that whole thing. Listen to this. Right. And you've heard these stories online about people who panhandle and then you turn the corner and they get in like a Mercedes and then pull off. We've all heard those stories. I don't know if they're true or not, but I've definitely heard of it. They discovered on Van Man in Worcester $5,000 in gift cards in his possession, which is a lot. Yeah. Okay. Which I don't know if that would do a whole lot. I'm willing to bet there's going to be a lot of places where you're going to use a gift card who are going to look at a dude like that and mistreat the hell out of him, whether he's got a gift card or not. You know what I mean? That doesn't seem. But this is where people are going to be like, see, this is why I don't give money out of the window of my car. Police found $30,000 in cash on this dude. Now, he's living out of his van. So every dollar he has is probably in a coffee can that he keeps with him everywhere he goes. Now... I, but I don't have thirty thousand dollars in cash. No, nowhere but, near it. No, but you have a house and a TV and 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 and, and a car that you can depend on, and you have yeah. If I didn't have to groceries, if, if I wasn't spending monthly money, yeah, and I saved every dollar, I would I would obviously have all of that. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, well, number one, you don't know where this dude came from before. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, well, if you're gonna live the homeless lifestyle, obviously you come from squalor. I mean, this dude could have had a life and just made the decision of like, eff it, I'm going to live. In this van. So that can happen. Now, I think that those are rare, but I will tell you this. So my father being a minister, uh, the homeless was like one of his things that he really cared about. And so like every once in a while, he would take like my brother and I, we'd go downtown and we would like, you know, help out in that whole thing. And I remember I, I like I ended up giving the, the one dude like a pair of my shoes or whatever the one day and I went home without shoes because I was like, well, I got 20 pairs at home. Doesn't matter. But your we, mother was so proud, by the way. Yeah, so she did. She, she still was. to this day I, cries about that. Oh my god! So proud. There's a heart in there. There's <laughs> there is. We got to pull it out of that stone like the sword. But like, <laughs> once we do, it's gonna be fine. But like we met a guy. I was introduced to a guy who was living on the street, and it was because of a choice that he made. Like he willingly went out there. He came from money, like lots of money, and didn't like it. And felt like the expectations of his family were put on him and he didn't like living that way. And so he started going and uh, like living downtown and was like, you know what? It it was one of those. I'm going to be the black sheep of the family. I'm turning away from the family money. I don't like what they have had to do. They sold their souls for cash and like this whole thing. And like his family tried to come downtown multiple times to get him to come back and he wouldn't do it. Like literally, dude, his family was millionaires and he was out there begging for money. And I found that to be just an incredible story. Yeah. Like, dude, to choose to do that is crazy. And I mean, I think obviously somewhat indicative of like, dude, is everything all right upstairs? Like, there's got to be some sort of you're making that decision that feels like, a, like, why would you want to be homeless? It'd be one thing to be like, dude, I don't want to live off of your money, and I don't want to to to. There's take a that difference. Family. Yeah, there's a difference between taking some of your parents' money and like backpacking through Europe and not being attached right. to things and like kind of like floating through your 30s or whatever, like figuring yourself out versus like. Like living under a bridge. Right. There's actually a, genuinely yeah. being homeless. $30,000 in cash, a, though, bro. An insane amount of money. I wonder how long he's been keeping that over. Yeah. I mean, if that's over the course of 10 years, it's like, well, that's not. That's I mean, not that much money. It's right. not that much money a year. Um, and I've often wondered, like, because you'll hear that and like, oh, that's why I don't give people stuff. And my answer to that is, is like, well, then, I mean, if you don't want to hand the dollar out the window, you can hand a bottle of water out the window. You can hand right. something out, a pair of gloves out the window. You can hand something that's not necessarily going to turn into 
booze or into $30,000. Um, but I've often wondered, like, if I went out there today, if I just sat there at the corner of 77 and Tusk at the off ramp there, and right outside of TD's right there, if I just stood there and held a sign, you know, homeless looking for help, how much money am I making? And I've, I've, I've been like, dude, go do it. You've got the afternoon. Just go do that. But then I'm like, dude, is that, I don't want to say like, Insulting, but is it like morally wrong? Even if I donate, even if I donated that money to charity, even if I was like, this money is going to a homeless charity, you could never do it now because people would recognize you. I I, I mean, I just wonder. Especially in Canton, I just wonder like, what's the actual? Because I I I don't believe that most homeless people are making thirty thousand dollars a year scraping for money. No, I I don't think that. I don't buy that. So it's just I you know I wonder what how much money would I make an hour? Now I heard this yesterday, and I didn't. One of the reasons why I didn't bring it into the story is because I couldn't confirm it. Okay, and so I didn't want to. I didn't want to shade the argument one way or the other. But now multiple people are writing in to tell me this. Kenneth wrote in this and says the guy has a bank account. He deposits money in on the regular. He has been granted housing multiple times. He has been evicted from all of them. He has been helped but doesn't want it. Now I heard this yesterday from people who live in Worcester who are very close to the situation. Have heard this. I heard again. Heard this that he has ninety thousand dollars in a bank account. And that he's been offered multiple jobs, but tells people he makes more money doing this. Now, I could imagine there are some part-time jobs where you can make more money panhandling if you're in the right area. Yeah. But is Worcester the right area? Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. Like, uh, you know, I, I didn't know that. But yeah, Van Man has been arrested. Had thirty thousand dollars in cash, five thousand dollars in gift cards. Safe assumption. Van Man's a listener, right? I mean, dude, he's in a van in Worcester, sitting around in his van all day. He listens to our show. I know he does. What else would you be doing? <laughs> Right? Van Man, what up? Glad you're a listener. I mean, it's probably the only thing you can listen to that would make you feel better about your situation. Well, I'm not those two idiots. And I make more money than them. Oh, dude. Bro. Okay, show's over. I'm going home. I can't. That's the most depressing thing I've ever heard in my entire life. More Sandsbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. No six nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9.710. Your next keyword happens for Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. It's $1,000 up for grabs every single hour, every weekday from 6 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night. 710 will give you $1,000 on the Sandsbury Show. I, you know, I just turned my cell phone on for the first time since late Saturday night. And let me tell you, I think I might make that a Sunday thing. Keep your cell phone off? I might make Sundays cell phone free. The only thing I'll say about that is I feel like Sunday is a pretty decent day to like, hey, I'm going to call somebody and talk to them. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of the day when those conversations happen. You might be missing out on like an old friend or your mom trying to talk to you or something like that. You know, are you trying to find incentives (laughs) for me? To not, because let me because I went and played golf yesterday. Obviously, uh-huh. it was beautiful out all day yesterday. So I played all day actually. Right. And uh, so I came into work early in the morning. Right. So I came into the building yesterday morning, and I did like I prepped the show from here. Okay. And uh, which I like doing because nobody's in the building on Sundays, and it's just kind of quiet, and I can kind of do like do my thing. Something about Sunday morning where you just feel productive because nobody else is trying to do anything. And Everybody's like, sleeping hangovers off, and I'm up. Right. right. And all of a sudden, yeah. by ten o'clock, you're like, "Damn, dude, I did this, that, third, and it's like." You're you feel like you did something. And I'm done. So I came into the building. I, you know, I prepped the show. I read everything you know, at the building. And then I was like, well, I don't have to turn the phone on. Because a lot of times, we, like I said, we email each other mm-hmm. like things so we can see them you know, to talk about them. And normally, I just 
kind of like pay attention on my phone all day. Like, oh, yeah, that is kind of interesting. That is kind of interesting. But yesterday, since I had done it, I was like, don't turn your phone on. You're going to play golf. Who cares? Just stop looking at Instagram. Stop looking at Twitter. Stop doing this stuff. Nothing, nothing there for no, you. Nothing, nothing's going to happen. Right. It's, it, it's the same seven memes. The, the giraffe already had the baby and unicorn fraps are sold out. So what do you what do? You, what, <laughs> what, 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 are you, what do you I care? For, what, right? what, what do I do this for? And I got to tell you, I think I might make that like a Sunday thing okay. where it's like, you know, maybe not all day. Okay. Maybe I just set like a five-hour window where it's like nothing happens. Yeah, I, you know, obviously as the day progresses on Sunday, I feel like things happen. So, so you know, but it's not like you don't check things in the morning before the show starts. Right. I mean, that's yeah. I think you're it's always here reasonable. early enough on Monday or you know every day of the week that it's like okay, yeah, I prepped the show last night, but let's make sure the world didn't explode last night while I was sleeping. With us going to bed at you know eight, eight. nine o'clock right. at night, I mean, you have to remember West Coast. That's five o'clock. So a lot happens. Overnight, a lot of yeah, things. That's true. A, lo- a lot of things develop overnight. So every morning, it is like that's the first thing I do. Well, after you know you shower and you shave and you and and, and you and you take care of that business. I mean, that's the first thing I'm doing. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go check Fark. I'll check Yahoo. I'll check CNN. I'll check you know all the different sources and right. like kind of go from there. Make and, sure we're, we're up on what we need to know. And a lot of stuff does happen where you, where you have to change it. But dude, yeah, take Sundays off the phone. Who cares? What I mean, yeah, do it, it. was beautiful. My phone died Saturday night. I didn't have my charger with me. And so, like, I, I left the Agora, drove all the way home, didn't have it, and I got home, and I, was, I went to go plug it in. I was like, wow, you're going to bed. GPS you need every now and then on a Sunday, maybe? <sighs> yeah, I guess maybe if I need right. something, I'll turn it on. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like I'm not going to take it with me where I go. Booty calls? You feel like you're maybe missing out on that? Like, Sunday's usually a pretty decent day. I've always felt that, like, all right, Sunday fun day. Let's get drunk and have sex. It's the Lord's Day. <laughs> so, okay. All I don't, right. I don't split butt cheeks <laughs> on the Lord's Day. <laughs> I don't do it. I keep those things separated. Okay. All right. right. Um, I'm trying to think of something else you might absolutely need it for. Booty calls. And I mean, as long as you re-up on Saturday, if that doesn't sum up Fantone's life right there, I don't know what does. Well, news and booty calls, bro. Like outside of that, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what you need. But it was beautiful. Like I am very bad about my phone. I am one of those, I, I have ADD, so I'm mm. one of those people who's constantly checking it. Stimulate me. Give me something. I need it now. And, uh, and and I hate that about myself. It's one of the things I hate about myself. And, you know, honestly, it, it feels like, you know, well, young people are always looking on their phones, but I don't know if that's so much the case Not anymore. anymore. Not We're anymore. all just constantly right. on our phones. Yesterday, I was um, I was at breakfast with my girlfriend, and we're sitting there, and we're just kind of like, not really talking, but just kind of looking at our phones. And I look over to my right, and there's this older couple that haven't said a word to each other, just been on their phones the entire time. I look at my girlfriend, I'm like, babe, put your phone down. I'm putting my phone down. Let's talk. Let's like look at each other and like have a conversation right. and like enjoy each other as we do. And 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 it really was those old people sitting there. I'm like, I don't want to do I don't want to look like that. I don't want to be those people. My last relationship, I really hated the fact that when we got together, we didn't have anything to talk about because we texted all day. Uh, and so it's like, this is what's going on in my day. Then you'd sit down, you'd have dinner, and it's like, what do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. We, we already did all this. That is one thing I do appreciate my, about my girlfriend. She never wants to talk on the phone. She very rarely texts me like big things throughout her day. She saves that for like, okay, hey, I'm home. Here's what happened. Oh, that see, is- that's better. 
That it is. is. It's better they, because then you still have something to look forward to at the end of the day, finding out like what the person you care about, what they went through, all. or at least pretending like you care about all that. Like, yeah, right. okay, sure, yeah, you're right, Monica. She's terrible at work. She's the worst. She's oh my god, I can't believe Heather said that. Oh my god, Sarah at work. She's terrible too. They're all just the worst. You're right, babe. Because let's be worst. honest, guys. That's what women do. They come home and they bitch about every woman in the office because well, every woman but them is awful. Awful. The worst. Terrible. So you should know. That no matter where you are, people are observing your behavior, yeah. right? We know that. Right. And if you have a job in the public eye, probably even more so, yeah. right? And sports stars definitely get cast as like, well, you're role models for kids, whether they want to be or not. I think it was Charles Barkley who famously said, I'm not a role model, yeah. right? And whether you want to be or not, kids look up to you, and you know they are going to take things from how you act. You know, obviously, I think that applies to vast majority of people. Where it's like you, as a parent, you're your role model, as an uncle, as 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 a member of the community. But when you get up to that celebrity level, kids are going to put you on a pedestal that is is unrivaled. When you are famous, when you're you know a millionaire, when you're rich, it's like, dude, I don't care what my dad does. I don't care what I don't care what my teacher does. I don't care what my coach says. You're a basketball player. You've got it all figured. Out. You're right. a rock star. You've got it all figured out. No, they just have it figured out what you want to get figured right. out. They right. don't have it all figured out. They just figured out that thing you want to get figured out. But a wide receiver from the Atlanta Falcons, Muhammad Sanu, was on a flight. And like airline stories are all the rage right now, right? I think, right. isn't it some another airline? Somebody whipped a stroller at somebody or something. Is like now nah, the story I saw all weekend. But Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Muhammad Sanu was on his way to New Jersey. And he was sitting in front of a family that was taking their kid to, like, an athletic camp. Their kid wants to be, like, a hockey stud. And they were going to, like, an elite hockey camp. And parents of, like, little athletes, you know, those camps and stuff are ultra competitive now. Ultra expensive, too. Vast majority of the time, I'm going to tell you, parents, you're probably getting scammed. You're probably getting scammed, dude. That guy's taking your $300 laughing at you. Jeez. Let him let him live the lie, yeah, buddy. Your, your kid's gonna be in the NHL if he comes to this camp, dude. There's no question. You're not gonna have to pay for college. Your kid's gonna be a multimillionaire. It's all gonna be good. Just give me three hundred dollars for two days. Three hundred dollars per kid. Give it to me. Scam. Scam. This, scam. <laughs> this this family ended up writing Muhammad Sanu a note, all right? Because they were sitting behind him, and it, it, so I'll just read you the note. It says, "Hi, you don't know us, but we wanted to thank you." Our son sat behind you on this flight and watched you. He saw you studying your plays. He was in his playbook, which is crazy because they're yeah. not they're not playing right now, obviously. Watched you make healthy choices with your snacks and the food that he ate on the plane. He watched how polite you were to everyone. And our son is only 10, but just made an elite hockey team. We're on our way to the training in Connecticut. And we wanted you to know that you're an inspiration to children, and for that, you should be proud. Thank you, and best of luck to the family that sat behind you. Now, that's pretty nice. And very rarely do you hear about an NFL athlete doing something and getting it right. Right. Usually it's usually it's oh you called the uh you called the D-U-I. stewardess a bitch and and, right. and you've got drugs on the plane, you shot somebody, yeah, Pac-Man child Jones. support, right? Pac-Man <laughs> right, Jones right, just right. ruin it for everybody. We, but. we all know the stereotypes. We all laugh at them. All right. I'm bailing us both out of that. <laughs> oh man, Stark County. We had a homicide suspect and we've got him now.
We'll fill you in next on the Stansbury Show. Six nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069, just minutes away now from getting you hooked up with $1,000 with our Workday Double Pay. Every hour, we pass out a keyword, you text in, you win $1,000. Smart. Also coming up on the program, 930 is Ron White Tickets as he plays uh, the Hard Rock Rock Casino in Northfield Park there. He'll be there July 28th, and so will you. 930 is when we'll pass those tickets out. So Stark County... Deputies were uh, after Dustin Ray White, 39, who was wanted uh, for the murder of his wife, from what I understand. Um, After uh, they had found the body of Amber White, 32. And uh, this story pretty much wraps up the way you think it would. There's a little audio here from, I believe, Fox 8 is where we have taken this from. Let's run that now. There's a stunning end to the search for a murder suspect in Stark County. We're told a group of hunters found a car in a remote area in Osnaburg Township. Inside, deputies found the body of 39-year-old Dustin Ray White. He apparently shot himself. The car was just down the road from where his estranged wife, Amber, was found shot to death on Friday. Man, yeah, I. Uh, this ended pretty much the way I thought it would. You know what I mean? Like, you murder your wife, you realize what you've done, you know you're not going to get away with it, you know you can't serve the time in jail, so you go out this way. Yeah, I I, I, I think it's, you know, funny, and I guess not funny, but, like, the, the news reporter's, like, a stunning end, and honestly, it was almost too foreseeable, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, this is, it was almost, like, tragic in how predictable this was. Yeah, and so, you know, you knew that's the way that was going to end, uh, but they did, uh, yeah, a group of hunters ended up finding him. Uh, you know, as they were, I don't know, probably, you know, walking through the woods. Yeah, you know, when when this story kind of broke and this woman came up murdered and, you know, Stark County, I think, did kind of take one of those like, oh, my God, like, obviously there's murders that happen in the city. But when this guy was on the loose, when this guy wasn't able to be found, it just felt very like, dude, I better lock my doors. I, I better leave my porch light on. I better, you know. Well, I, yeah, I mean, desperate people do desperate yeah. things. And that's how more crimes have been happening is when somebody's trying to get away. Right. Someone just knocks your door in and, and, and tries to, you know, take, terrifying. take over your home or something like that. No, there was that area or, or that level of concern for me. Now, I think there's a little bit of like, well, yeah, it's because you saw that story on the news and it's like, dude, there's people out there who have killed people today. And now that this guy's dead, you're like, oh, dude, whatever, I'm fine. Um, but but there was, like I said, there was just on Friday as this story developed, I was like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, lock it up. You know, tweeting or texting, <laughs> texting my girlfriend, like, babe, be careful when you're getting into your car. Yeah, lock it up. And like any other day, she couldn't be attacked or something uh, right. like that. Right, but it is, yeah, the news makes you it makes you aware of things yeah. on that level. You're right. I, I do the same exact thing. I'm like, oh, like I'll hear about a crime that happens down the street from me. I'm like, oh, there oh, goes the neighborhood. There and it's it like, is. there's a million things that have happened that you're not going to hear about. But you heard about that one, so now you're worried about it. But, yeah, they ended up uh, – they did find him. We will get you uh, hooked up with some Ron White tickets. That will happen 930. Next on the program, alcoholics. I got great news for alcoholics. If you're an alcoholic and people are telling you you have to stop drinking, guess what? I got great news. It's news that they claim science that says, alcoholics, you don't have to quit drinking. You get to keep – you get to keep the booze, alcoholics. We'll give you that after we give you $1,000 right now. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9. Just gave your announcement on your keyword again there. Text LUCK to 200-200. Win yourself 1000 bucks. 
Dude, that'd be nice, man. Yeah. Like, I'm still waiting on my tax, re- my federal tax return. I got my, uh, I got my state tax return. Uh, a little weird there. I, uh, I got the text from um, H&R Blocks where I had mine prepared. Okay. And I got the text that said, "Hey, look, it's been approved. It's sending out. You should have it in seven. Because I don't, I didn't go with direct deposit. I wanted checks. Oh. I wanted checks sent to the house. How come? I don't know. I just wanted to see it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you know, I I want I, the postman needs a job. Cliff Flavin oh, needs okay. n- needs work. All right, Stansberry. That's how that goes. Just throwing himself down on that sword. I do. Cliffy needs a job. All right, that's fair. It's fair. So I haven't gotten that yet, but I could use it. I don't know what I would do with a thousand dollars today. Probably nothing smart. But I would uh, I would like I would like a thousand dollars. That's a good thing about a bonus thousand dollars. You don't have to do anything smart with it. As a matter of fact, you can do something grossly irresponsible with it. It's your thousand bucks. You know, it's money you didn't have yesterday. All you gotta do is send that tax word in. Well, technically, my paycheck is money I didn't have yesterday too. Am I allowed to do that with that? Well, yeah, but it's money you were counting on. It's money you had budgeted. This is a bonus thousand. This is a thousand you didn't expect into your income right there. You know, they uh, they said in one of my favorite movies ever. Paul Newman says to Tom Cruise that money won is twice as sweet as money earned. And that's true. That's totally true. There it is. As a gambler, money won is sweet. Speaking of the gambler, oh, no. did you know the gambler is coming to Canton, Ohio? Kenny Rogers? Stop it. Swear to God, dude. Playing the, playing the Civic Center. This is his final farewell tour. Done. This is it. Kenny says he's done with it. He's going to play the gambler. He's going to play Coward of the County. And he's done with it. And knows when to fold him. He does. Dude, he knows exactly when. Knows when to walk away. Knows when to run. Gets it done on a regular basis, bro. I think I'm going to have to go to this Kenny Rogers show. Yeah, I think I would probably. Dude, if he's going to be done... In For Canton, sure. it's not like it's not like, bro. We're driving two hours to go see the Rogers Roasters, babies. No, dude, we were, dude. If we can go to the, if we can go to the Canton Civics, our pals theater, and and, and go check out the Gambler, I don't know why. Dude, look at me and Kenny Rogers having things in common. My career is going to end in Canton too. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Me, uh, me and the Gambler got some stuff together. Good stuff, right there. I so, like it. Yeah, I don't know when it is. I'll find that out. Yeah, but let I, me know on that. I feel like we should make a trip. I do want to see that. He's excellent. Summer's Eve. Oh, here we go. On a train bound for nowhere. I tried to play this song for my girlfriend because I saw the sign and I'm like, babe, Kenny Rogers is coming. And she's like, what? Who? Who? And I played the gambler and she's like, what are you talking about? What is that? Well, I mean, if you have a Trans Am with T tops and you're out running the cops, <laughs> Kenny's on the radio. That's the way that works. Get the A track in the deck there. Yeah, I'll go to that. I like Kenny. I can get down with that. All right. Alcoholics. Speaking of, Kenny Rod. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right you know, I, I had a buddy who was severely addicted to drugs, okay? Like hard drugs. He was addicted to Oxycontin. And he went and got help. And he's now been sober, I think, God, like eight, nine years now. I mean, obviously, that is one hell of a monkey to get off your Maybe back. Longer. I mean, you know, the, the, the story has become much more in the spotlight nowadays over maybe the past five years, but it's not like it's a new thing that people no. were abusing opioids and turning to heroin because of it. So the fact that your boy was able to stop it at Oxy's, which sounds insane to me because that is one of the most dangerous drugs, certainly before they, 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 made, the, they made them unabusable, but certainly one of the most dangerous drugs you could do. And the fact that he got off that, it's, it is impressive. I'm not trying to nitpick. Unabusable is uh, that's a little misleading. Oh, 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 right, that's right, little, right, that's right, a little right, right. misleading. But he he had gotten sober, and one of the things he said was is that he was thankful that if he was going to be addicted to anything, 
that it was a prescription painkiller, that it was not something socially you could just pull out and use in front of other people, that people would look at you like, freak, you can't just smash up pills and snort them at this table. What's the matter with you? Mm -hmm. And he would say, like, if I was an alcoholic, booze is everywhere. It's on radio advertisements, Mm -hmm. on TV advertisements. It's in the aisles at the grocery store. It's totally acceptable for the waitress, waiter to come right up to your table. Go, do you guys want a glass of wine before dinner? It's totally acceptable for all that. Right. And so, like, alcohol gets pushed on you. And he would always say to me, he's like, I'm just thankful that's not my drug of choice. He's like, I don't know how alcoholics do it. You try to stay sober, you walk into a store, and there it is. It definitely shows the complexities of addiction, right? There, that somebody addicted to oxy is like, dude. I'm glad I'm not an alcoholic. I mean, right. that, that does show. Isn't like, it crazy? It, it is. It, that's a. That's a. It's a very. Uh, what do I want to say? There's a lot of layers to the onion of addiction, man. There it is. And his whole thing, and I don't know. I've never really been addicted to like hardcore drugs. I had like kicked around those drugs with him a little bit and I had done some stuff, but once he went and got clean, I realized like, okay, like this is where that road goes. Let's put this all away and be done with it. So you don't have to go down that road. Okay. Right. So I like, I had like put it away, but after he went through rehab and got out, he, in what I had always heard, and I kind of dealt with this with my brother a little bit uh, too, who had dealt with some alcohol issues and uh, you know, it, it had plagued him throughout his life. That and he had went through a, you know a couple of rehab things too, and they tell you just give it up. Do you, you got to be done with all of it? Like the one thing those people when they when they recover is they keep cigarettes. That's like the one thing they have. It's oh, like yeah. nicotine and caffeine. Like you see them, they're all big into pop. They're all big into sugar is another one. And so like coffee and cigarettes are really big in that in that community. I um I, you know obviously there's going to be that well you hand off one addiction for another and and I, I guess obviously cigarettes and coffee is not nearly as destructive in a in a not in a, great for you not great but, but it's but, not heroin right it's not it's not nearly as destructive in the now as as other you know addictions are so it's always been zero tolerance no like once you're done you're done. It's uh, dude, I, I, especially with alcohol, what a tough thing to be like. I'm never doing this again. I'm never going to divulge in this. Again. Any celebration, anything like that, people like run to the booze. And yeah, you're right. If you're struggling with that, it's difficult. Whereas, like right now, I can say I, I'm never going to do cocaine again, and I can be like pretty confident in that because it's not just going to present itself. Like, ta-da! Here I am at Applebee's. Right. Like, and if it does, goddamn, what a glorious night it would be too for twenties all around. <laughs> Snorting good? Never mind. Don't do not do it. Don't do it. You have a lot of money. You probably spend it with the radio stations not doing it. It'd be funny, though. It we, would. We, we Draw all, your own conclusion. We all, we all heard it in our heads. What a terrible radio show that would be. We set them up. You create the punchline in your head. That would be an awful show. So I've, I've read about this thing in the Chicago Tribune now. I read this article yesterday, and I can't make sense of this because it just sounds like this sounds like America to me. Like, you, you, you can't figure it out. Don't worry. We'll lower, we'll, we'll lower the, the, right. the bar for you. All right. Right? They're now introducing this thing that's called harm reduction drinking, where if you're an alcoholic, you don't quit. You reduce your use. This is crazy. A woman, Adrian, only wanted to be identified by her first name. She still does drink, and she's in a harm reduction support group for people who want to reduce alcohol intake but not give it up altogether. They say, now, you're also in some private therapy with that as well, and uh, with a social worker who runs the group. She's cut her drinking uh, fantone. This woman has, Adrian has, about half of what it was before she sought help. 
She still will drink socially, enjoys an occasional drink or two with her like partner, husband, whatever. It says partner. My guess is maybe lesbian. There. She goes, I feel like I'm on the right track. I needed the help. I'm getting the help. So I feel good. This to me is a dangerous place to be going. I don't understand how that could be. I've now, I guess maybe I would have to make room that there are people that can do this effectively, but knowing alcoholics the way I have, I've never seen one personally. Now it doesn't mean it couldn't be done. I've never seen one personally that could like dabble with the booze. Doesn't it feel like dangerous? Yes, I do. Anytime, you know, I, we, we've talked about addiction in the past and, you know, the wolf's always at that door and all you need to do is open it up a little bit and there it can be like, so yes, it's certainly dangerous, but I mean, you know, and obviously one story does not make this a, a true thing, but I used to date a chick and this was, I mean, God, a decade plus ago and at the end of our relationship, there was no denying that she was an alcoholic. Like there was just, you couldn't, you couldn't, I mean, you look up the definition of, of the word and well there's the definition of it but it described her very accurately <laughs> so like it, she certainly was and at this point 10 years later 15 years later um she's a normal drinker at least what it appears to be to me now god knows i haven't talked to her what in she does years, at home and but it, it seems like her life's very well put together it seems like she kind of has like you know a healthy relationship her kids are too well taken care of so i think think you can and I, I would say that uh, you can look at me with tobacco usage where I always say it's a bad idea but I will I will spend a weekend smoking my smoking my ass off and then when I get back to life on Monday I'm like all right dude I'm done with that it's rare Again, I don't um, know many people that can do that either. I mean, think about it. it put yourself into this. And I mean, I, I know you weren't exactly like addicted to pills or addicted to hard drugs, but you don't think that you could uh, divulge into that for a night or an event or something like that and, and, and be able to wake up Monday and be like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't want to know the answer to that. I, I'd rather just live on the right side of it versus like because of what I've seen it do to people I care about, I, I feel very lucky to have escaped that without addiction. You don't feel like in any point of your life, maybe you've, you know, somebody in their 20s, somebody in their 30s, somebody before they settled down was, dude, you're partying too much, dude, too many drugs, too much drinking, too much, you know, whatever. You've never seen that get turned around? I feel like you've had to have. Well, all right. I'm, I guess let's keep it with drinking. I've done this. Right. right. I, 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 I preached constantly about not drinking and driving. Right. And I've, everybody knows why I preach that. And I, and I said after that had happened to me that I didn't have to give up drinking. I had to look at my relationship with alcohol. Right. How I was using it. And I was using it at, at a and I was I was making poor choices with it at that time in my life. Now, and for since enough, then, for, I'm not for some people that would be enough to say, Stansbury, at that point in your life, you were an alcoholic. You've turned it around. You're now able to have a relationship with alcohol that works for you. But at that point in your life, when you were letting it make bad decisions for you, when you were, you know. Okay, now see, I've always heard the theory that once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And that there is no depth. Now, see, it says here, and again, if you're just joining us, we're talking about this article in the Chicago Tribune about harm reduction drinking, which is this is people who want to reduce the amount of drinking but don't want to quit. And they say it's now still, it's rare and controversial with our nation, which has a strong tradition of alcohol-free 12-step programs like Alcoholic, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, again, founded in Akron, right. but a growing body of research indicates that harm reduction can work. 
They have here a 2013 review of previous studies in the Journal of uh, Psychopharmacology found that treatment focused on reducing drinking is probably, which is that word gets us into a weird territory, drinking is probably just as effective as abstinence-oriented approaches. But probably gets us into a weird territory, right? And obviously this concept needs to be more fleshed out. There needs to be more studies done on this. But I don't know. I I, I don't necessarily think that, and, and, and I think there's obviously different layers of drinking problems where like I've never in my life considered myself an alcoholic. And but you'll binge drink it, occasionally. That's what I was going to say is yeah. that I, it's undeniable that I've been a heavy binge drinker in my life. So it's like there are going to be some people, like I said, who are going to be like, dude, look at how much you binge drank. Like, look at how irresponsible you were with your body, with your health, with your decisions you made that you were an alcoholic in that point. And now I'm not. Now I can certainly say that I'm, I, you know, I'm not a problem drinker. So like, no, you're not a problem drinker at all. I, so I don't, I don't know. I, it seems to me, reading through this a little bit more, that the main people who oppose this all work at rehab facilities and think that this is like crazy science. But I, I will tell you that their science, when it first came out, was considered to be crazy as well. Right. All right. But could I not make the argument that if you're saying to yourself, alcohol's a problem, I need to look at this. And that if you're going to try to reduce it, that really you have admitted to yourself that you have a problem, you should just stay away from it? Well, I mean, uh, how, why does that not apply in your situation? You had, you had to take a minute and reevaluate? Uh, again, I don't think... No, I mean, if I took the tests that they give you in 12-step programs... I would probably register on their scale as an alcoholic. Though. We've all, although if you drink three drinks a week, they, Dr. Drew calls you an alcoholic. We've all got a layer of denial when it comes to stuff like this. No, it's not me. It's totally not me. It's 100%. No, of course it's other people that I'm talking about. I'm not passed out in a gutter. I'm just passed out on my couch. You feel like those are two different things, but are they, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know where that line is, I guess. No, because eventually, dude, if you're passing out in your house and, and like, you know, wetting the couch, you know what I mean? Like, pretty soon you are going to be living outside. Right, that couch will be outside, then you won't have that couch anymore. Right. I mean, it's, you know. This just, you know what this is, is that we may find out 10 years down the road that this is actually going to be, like, revolutionary and it's going to work, mm -hmm. right? We may find that out. But to me right now. It feels like, oh, don't worry, fat, lazy American. You don't really have a problem. We'll just do this. This sounds like like the easier. Well, I can't quit. Don't worry. Don't no need to quit. We'll give you the American version. You can do this. You're not fat. You just have sludge in your gut, dude. Take this pill. You'll be fine. Dude, stop <laughs> doing that. I'll remind you that you remember that because of how many times it runs. This feels very like this is like when they changed the SAT scores after everybody graduated high school and you got dumber. It's like, no, you didn't. They just changed the testing. This feels very much like, oh, don't worry, problem drinker. You're, you're not the problem. We'll just harm reduction it. You don't have to quit. This is very Americanized and it feels like honestly like like fake science to me. And again, when you tell me that it probably is, is effective, probably when we're talking about scientific research, probably is a word that, well, probably shouldn't be in that sentence. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. It's very show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 820, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get a look ahead at the NFL draft, which is happening this week. Man. Cavaliers wrapping up a... Uh, 
playoff series yesterday. Sweep LeBron's 10th playoff sweep of his career. Reminds you, he's been in the league 14 years. Now, obviously, there's multiple playoff runs and you know series in uh, every year, but still 10, pretty big. He's won 20 consecutive first round games. It's insane. Crazy, dude. Not even that good. Kind of sucks. Lost in the final. Sucks. All right. So you're a big LeBron guy. Huge LeBron. Do guy. you hold the meltdown? In um, Dallas, when he was playing with the Heat against his legacy, um, because people talk about that on those TV shows, like it's embarrassing for him, and I just don't remember the series well. Enough. I mean, blemishes on on a record is that what we're saying? Is that like, well, he underperformed at times? I mean, if it was a all the time issue where it's like, well, LeBron, he's a Jekyll and Hyde, you never know which one you're gonna get. But when you're consistently winning the way that you are, you can't hold like. Tough a series, series, a series, a loss, a okay. bad game. You can't hold a bad shot against the guy in the sense of it, that can't be the overriding conversation. He's he's negated all of that. He's been the biggest attraction in the league since he came in. It. Yeah, yeah. And all these other guys that are supposed to be the next LeBron don't really seem to be gearing up to be the next LeBron. Anthony Davis doesn't seem like he's gearing up to be the next LeBron. I think there's a ton of very talented basketball players, and I don't know if you're necessarily going to see another LeBron James in that sense, and his talent alone, but when it comes to charisma, when it comes to marketability, when it comes to the the X factor, I don't see it on anybody. I don't know if I see it on anybody in sports right now. Well, look how long it took to get LeBron after Jordan. I mean, I know there was Kobe in the middle, but like I always say, LeBron's taking Kobe out of the conversation, so I kind of leave Kobe out of that conversation. Do you just posted something at WRQK.com I didn't know about. What is that? The Jackson Township Fire Department rescued ah, an owl out of a tree. Ah, I didn't see this yet. What happened here? And now, obviously, first responders have one of those jobs. It's just really never boring because you never know what you're going to be right. doing. And, and, and I don't know how this happened, but apparently an owl got itself stuck into a kite over the weekend. Oh, and the Jackson Fire Department, they, uh, they handled business. They went out there and they were able to save this owl. See, I, that's why I can't have that job. If somebody called me and said that's what happened, like, dude, I don't know anything about kites or owls. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I don't know about that. No, I mean... Call the hobby shop. They might know. And I mean, I guess that's just the thing is like you really do, as a first responder, as a fire, you know, fighter, you really do almost have to be like a LeBron James of the city where you have to be able to do everything. It's like, well, dude, you gotta wash the truck. You gotta cook the meals. You gotta do all those things, but you also have to pull people out of a flaming building. Okay, and wait, there's an owl with a kite on it, and you gotta go save that thing, too. Dude, who are we to ask these men and women to do that? Like, who are we? Like, no, you have to be able to do everything. If I have a problem, you have to fix it. The Swiss Army human. <laughs> That's essentially what they are. We have dude. one of those around these parts. His name's Kennedy around these parts. <laughs> <laughs> Does everything. Hey, you, they caught it on video camera, or they caught it on cell phone camera, and uh, if you want to go check it out, WRQK.com. We got it up there for all right, you. All right, so also up there right now, and women have been right about this all along. What is that? And, you know, women, it, it's one of these things in life where men are kind of considered to be rough and tough. And like yeah. women are perceived to be delicate, yeah. right? And that's kind of the way those those that those are the way the gender roles have been defined yeah. by like white dudes oppressing everyone, right? And so, but that is the way that we've been kind of sold. Mm-hmm. But women have long said that if men had to deliver babies, the human race would be extinct. And I will admit that men are like sissies when they get sick or if they're in pain it's like babe take care of me babe i don't know what to do we get to be a little babyish and so online right now at wrqk.com in the stansbury show section 
a guy was willing to have like one of those labor pain machines attached to him, which will Ugh. simulate like the pains that you go through going through labor. And dude, he is now we wanted to run this audio for you, but they put music behind it. And so I'm just worried people in their car, it won't translate. But if you watch it, I'm telling you, this guy is in immense immense pain there's a million reasons why i'm happy i have a penis probably if i thought about it more than a million reasons but this might be the number one reason why Can i get happy. a hot five give me the uh, hot five um, um, obviously uh you know with it comes a lot of of privilege in life like by being a man people automatically make assumptions about you who you are uh number two you're going to uh be paid more money over over the course of of your lifetime for doing the same amount of work that a woman does uh number three no less, less responsibilities when it comes to your at-home life, you know what I'm saying? Like, women are more expected to take care of things. Uh, number four... I, I, Put him I, on the spot, and he's almost got it. And number four, um, I don't have to worry about a period. I don't have to worry about, like, pH balance of my genitals. I just have to worry about washing it. And uh, the number five, which really should have been the number one... Wash it, though. The number five, which, Scrub it, maybe. which should have been the number one, is that I don't have to worry about pregnancy. I don't have to worry about growing a baby inside of me. And maybe even more concerning is I don't have to worry about pushing that baby out of me, dude. It seems like a nightmare. It really does. And, like, if you just start thinking about it, like, yeah, you've got an alien life form growing in your body, and then you have to push it out your genitals, dude. That sounds terrible. Yeah, terrible. I mean, dude, a woman's pregnant nine months. She becomes like a screaming maniac. And then, like, at the end of that, out comes a screaming right. maniac. And we're wondering why dudes, like, bail. And all she's left with is just stretch marks and hemorrhoids. And she cramped on a table. And, and bad and credit, yeah. And she's got to take care of this thing. Oh, dude, no thank you. I'm telling you right now, no I, I have a very low pain tolerance. Like, I... um. Now I won't go to the doctor either. I'll suffer there. Like remember, I like I was having a kidney stone in here. Yeah, and I was bent over, yeah. sweating over the desk, and still trying to do the show the during the one commercial break. Fanta was like, "Bro, I get it. I get that you're this guy that tries to like tough through all this stuff, but you're gonna die if we don't take you to the damn emergency room." And I had to be like dragged out of here. But I have a very low pain tolerance. I'm telling you right now, I I would have zero interest in having the labor machine mm-hmm. attached to me and run it up. Even they have those like, oh, well, hey, put on the, 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 the vest and it feels like you've got the weight of the baby and like bigger boobs on you. No, thank you, dude. Just get, I'm glad I got my penis. I, mean, I would maybe do it for the sake of the program. Like if somebody has one of these, like maybe bring it. Maybe we'll Facebook live it. My boss is loving all of that. But I would maybe do it for the sake of the program. Maybe I would. But like just to like sympathize with my wife. Hell no. Hell no would I do that. We'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. We'll do that at 820. But next on the show, you get hooked up with $1,000. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We talked to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com at 820. I hate to do this, but we're going to double up on a little bit of sports here before we give you your $1,000 for this hour because a piece of hate mail has just come in for the tall guy, Matthew Fantone. Me? Yeah, a little, a dude's okay. a little bit upset with you. Okay. okay? Right. Now, here's the thing. Normally, I would give you the platform to defend yourself, but I feel as if I'm going to do a better job defending you. Okay. Now, you can weigh in. Don't okay. get me wrong. You right. can weigh in. I'm just saying, I'm going to get your back here. All okay? Right. I'll take a nap. But Justin writes in and says, I was just listening to the show on my way to work. I do it every morning, but I heard something I really disagree with. And I would imagine that probably happens every morning, too. Yeah. Fantone was talking about LeBron James' skill and his charisma as an athlete and said, nobody in sports has that right now. He goes, I don't really follow too many sports. So we'll have to, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. All right. Take the highlighter. Highlight that. He says, I, don't like sports. I know the major stars in popular sports, but I follow hockey closely. And I can say that Austin Matthews, who? Connor McDavid, 
who, and as much as I hate to say it, Sidney Crosby, who I do know of, all possess LeBron-level talent. Comparatively in hockey, McDavid and Matthews are both very young players and are already showcasing humongous potential for record-breaking in their future. I can't stand Sidney Crosby, but there's no denying that he is a fantastic hockey player, Hall of Fame bound, if you're going to make claims in the future, taking into account more sports than just basketball, football, and baseball. So Justin, before I let Fantone defend himself, here's what I'm going to say. I think it was three, four years ago, your sport went on strike and nobody noticed literally do they weren't playing hockey and nobody noticed they did a poll in america and most people thought it was still on tv they had no idea it went away i have no idea who any of those guys outside of Sidney crosby are your sport doesn't translate over to mass stardom so no those guys aren't on lebron james level i can make justin the same arguing you're making for hockey i can make for golf bryson dechambeau is going to be amazing jason day's already amazing jordan spieth is amazing but they're not on lebron's level you know why because nobody cares about golf i care about it but nobody cares about hockey either it's like the fourth most i don't even think it's the fourth most popular sport i, I bet ufc is more popular than hockey in america right now um, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to say that, number one, that there aren't superstars in other leagues. Of course there are. Um, but, you know, I don't think any of those guys you can make the same claim. Number one, on an athletic level of, like, how great that player is. Are you really None saying? None of them are Gretzky. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is Sidney Crosby arguably the greatest hockey player of all time? I don't think most people are making that argument. He's damn good. I mean, right. But I don't think most people are putting him in the number one greatest of all time list. Yeah, I don't think so. LeBron certainly is in that conversation and honestly has the resume. I would love to see Sidney Crosby's resume up against LeBron's. Would love to see that, dude. Would love to see that. He's got a title. Okay. At least one. He may have two. I don't know. But but I'm talking like LeBron leading the leading in, in, in statistical categories on an all time level. I mean surpassing guys when it comes to scoring, when and it comes also, to assists. He's, the, the charisma translates into stardom. Right? This is what I say about baseball all the time. Is that if I take the most popular baseball player, if I take the best baseball players, I shouldn't even say popular because none of them are. If I take the best baseball players from the top five teams, not named the Cleveland Indians, and I walk them through Belden Village Mall, nobody's looking at them other than like physical size. You might be like oh i wonder who that is because that's some that that's a big dude outside of that nobody would know it would be even less for hockey it would be even less again now take my sport golf dude nobody would know who those guys are nobody because they don't even look like athletes they're little maybe i would recognize Sidney crosby maybe but that's a big old maybe that's more of a oh there's a guy you know what i mean like and those other two dudes coming in from the audience and this is the only other person that's relatable to this subject and that you could make this argument about and people have made it and that's why we didn't is tom brady tom brady is on lebron's like level like that Arguably considered to be what's now in the conversation sure. the greatest ever. Sure, it's got five titles. Has uh, has carried the has carried the charismatic. NFL. Right. People who don't like football know who Tom Brady is. That's the difference. Is that LeBron? Like, dude, LeBron's a global. St- Star. Those are serviceable, good hockey players. And I think that's worth noting, too, is that you can say Tom Brady is is a, a huge celebrity here, but if you took Tom Brady and put him in China, I don't know if necessarily people are going to recognize. Now, it's a tall, handsome white man, so of course people in China are going to be like, oh my god, oh, you're a millionaire. But dude, I... I Serena you, Williams? You could... Uh, Serena Williams? I mean, you, you, you... I don't think so. Yeah, I mean... Again, you gotta remember, Serena's not really in her moment right now. You, 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 have, to, you have to factor this in on 
multiple different levels. It's not just the athletic play. It's not just the charisma. It's not just the ability to carry the league. It's all those things combined, man. And I don't think anybody even comes close to it. You know what? I am very interested to get Scott from waitingfornextyear.com. I'm very interested to get his opinion on that. So we'll do that after hooking you up with this $1,000 right now. Disappointed. Jimmy's ears were now wide open to the sounds around him. The Scansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Before we get to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com, real quickly, again, I, I want to address this hockey thing one more time. As we did a little research during the break, we found out Sidney Crosby's not in the top 25 of anything. Yeah, dude. I mean, don't try to come in here and be like, oh, dude, you're a LeBron honk, and oh, hockey's better. Sidney Crosby, not in the top 50 all-time leading scorers in NHL history, not in the top 25 all-time leading assists in NHL history. Why are you trying to get me to compare him to LeBron James? Dude, you're wrong. Now, I will say, he does have the two titles, Sidney Crosby does, and he's a hell of a hockey player. But I feel like what happened with hockey is that they pushed Sidney Crosby to the front because he is good and he's good looking. But here's what he also, he's not, which is durable. Say what you want about yeah. LeBron James. When the game when game time comes, LeBron, well, except for the days where he's resting like a sissy, but the rest of them, he's out there and he plays. That's why he doesn't have to worry about things because he does take a little break. He knows it's more important to be ready for the playoffs, unlike Sidney Crosby, who's like, dude, I don't care. I'll get a concussion in the middle of the regular season. That's good, right? Now, what I will say is is that I love playoff hockey. Playoff hockey's awesome. It's on right now. Nobody's watching it. It's on right now. Nobody's watching it. No, the ratings for hockey are abysmal. They're terrible. And, I mean, dude, ESPN gave it away to NBC. Gave it away. But I like playoff hockey. Stanley Cup hockey's kind of awesome. But the season gets a little long for me on TV. It's a lot like baseball like that. But, uh, dude, LeBron's in a separate class. <laughs> okay, let's start. Scott from Waiting for Next Year. Buddy, how are you this morning? Is he there? Do we have him? Scott? Check one, two. Is he there? Scott, you there, buddy? We got, oh. Gentlemen. Oh, there, there, he there, he there you are. There you are. Dude, these high-powered phone lines I have. I, uh, <laughs> you never know. Buddy, thank you uh, Thank you for joining us. I will, I will start right here with the Cavaliers as LeBron James, yesterday and company Cavaliers, but LeBron now has 10 playoff series sweeps. That's pretty impressive, right? It's, it's remarkable. And, you know, I know... A lot of Cavs fans seem to have. I was listening to talk radio, uh, you know, by by regret after after the game, and there's a lot of people still complaining about the way that the sweep happened. Um, you what? know, unreal. You know, being unrealistic in the fact that sweeping a playoff series at any point is is very very difficult. Um, you know, teams steal games all the right. time. Um, and for it to be his tenth is is insane, and it's just another testament to how great of a of a player you know he is. I mean, top Paul George. If you're going to stack rank the NBA, Paul George is in the top ten. You know, oh, yeah. regardless of who's two through nine, you know, two through ten. Um, and LeBron is just days and nights ahead of him, and that just you know, so it's not it's not to say that one versus two and two versus three are all the same in terms of how far behind each other everyone is. LeBron is just so much better and so good, and it just goes to show, you know, he could be surrounded by Kyrie and Kevin Love, he could be surrounded by Channing Frye and Deron Williams, and and he's going to dominate basketball games, and you saw it yesterday. Got the mismatch on Miles Turner, top to three with a few seconds left, won the game for the team. Paul George had a chance, a wide open look, and 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 hit nothing but backboard. And that those are just the minor differences that end up being so big when it comes to comparing players and legacies. And 
10 straight or 10, 10 total playoff sweeps is, is incredible. They just keep throwing numbers out there during the broadcast, and I'm like, oh, I knew LeBron was good, but then they're like, no, he's all he's an all-time leader in this and that and everything else, and it, it really has just, I mean, it's becoming more and more icing on the cake, and I guess, you know, LeBron haters or Cavs haters or basketball haters or whatever you want to call them, they're never going to buy into it, um, but I'm glad you bring up Paul George, and you kind of mentioned him as one of the premier talents in the NBA. Yesterday, in particularly, the Cavs were able to shut him down, um, and they were able to do it in a couple of different fashions, I feel like with a couple of different players, is the Cavs, are, are the Cavs, I'm sorry, are they starting to flip the switch, I guess is the word they use now? Is that starting to be a reality on defense as, as well as their very high-powered offense? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's becoming kind of a weird rhetoric with that flip the switch thing. Um, you know, we've, we've been talking about it all season long. The defense during the regular season, when you're planning for four teams in a six-day span is much different than when you can scheme against one team or one player over the course of two weeks. Fair. And we saw it last season. Um, they, they completely took Steph Curry out of, out of basketball games. Two-time MVP disappeared in the NBA Finals because of the way they were able to scheme defensively. And, you know, and Ty Lue, again, they said it all year. It's, we're not a good regular season defensive team. You know, trust us when it comes to the postseason. And whether it's J.R. Smith, whether it's Iman Shumpert, whether it's team defense, it, they were able to get on, and not just not just Paul George. I mean, Miles Turner right. is a great young big man, and he looked scared during some of these some of these games. Um, you know, they were relying on Lance Stevenson, who they just picked up before the playoffs. Had a good game too. To, to try and carry them, you know, through through you know to even keep them alive for a fifth game, and it didn't happen. So credit again to T. Lou. Um, you know, Mike Longabardi, all the rest of the coaching staff, and the way the players just know what is expected of them in the in the postseason. I know you mentioned, you know, during the you know the quick break about LeBron being a sissy with the with the regular season and resting and things like that. That's why they do it. And and if he has to miss a, a Tuesday in, in in Milwaukee, you know, in the middle of February, you know, I think you you give that up because you know. You know, when, when April rolls around, that things are going to be much, much different. Yeah, I totally understand the resting. I get it. I think it is a bad look for the NBA, for the league and its popularity. I feel like they might have to do something about it. But, yes, I do get it. I think and, – and a sweep's always impressive to me. And I think even more so this series, and, and, and because of the resting, and because of all the – we've heard uh, they're kind of like backstroking and LeBron's bored in the East, and that may be true. But I'll tell you what. He wanted to make that series. He wanted to win four games straight. He wanted to prove, like, nope, I'm, I may be bored in the regu- at the end of the regular season, but it's playoff time now, and the amount of times I saw him take the ball, turn, and push his chest into to another huge man, get him out of the way, and make the bucket. I mean, it happened all game yesterday. I mean, he just, I mean, when you watch him, it's like this is playoffs. These are other teams that are vying for a championship, and he just makes them look like little boys out out there it's crazy <laughs> yeah you know i mean you you think of you know you go back to like the two-minute drill for like tom brady or whomever and you and you, you against the flipping of the switch and it's just you know if you give a certain quarterback the ball in his hands with the game on the line that they're going to win that game and it's like that with lebron but for 48 minutes and you know he you know a lot of people want to Again, talk about Russell Westbrook at triple doubles and James Harden at triple doubles. James Harden had 16 points on 16 shots yesterday, wow. and, and 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 Russell Westbrook is is you know not far from being eliminated from the postseason. Right. You know, meanwhile, LeBron was if you if you added up all his stats, he was one rebound and four assists away from 
from a, from averaging a triple double in that series. And you know, so we we talk about you know triple doubles as an arbitrary thing because we like round numbers and ten is sweet and you know right. we buy things at nine ninety nine because ten is too expensive. You know, but LeBron is is, is right there with these guys. And again, again you know, he's, the, the odds of him being the the last man standing of the three are very, very high. He could average a triple-double whenever he wanted. He's LeBron James. He likes getting other players involved, so they want to play there. Right, and, and, and they have an opportunity to win games. But I'm, I'm glad we're kind of at this point of the conversation because we said LeBron, 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 LeBron. Let's get other players involved and so that they want to play here. Um, it seems like the second half of the Indiana series, uh, there seemed to be a little bit of a lull in production when it comes to uh, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. Any concern there from the big three? You know, they won a basketball game wherein the Kevin Love and Kyrie combined for, I think, what, 12 of 28 from the field? Um, you know, so, I, you know, you, you take that because, you know, you know these guys can come back the next day and, and do exactly what's, what's asked of them. And you, and you take it because in the event that they can't get it done, you have guys like, like J.R. and Channing and, and, and Durant, Darren Williams, you know, who are stepping up in their place and, and doing what's asked of them. I mean, that game three, Again, that comeback. You know, I, I wish we would have spoken right the day after that. Right. Because I mean, it was just insane to watch. And you know, LeBron did a lot of the work. He put he put that team on his back and willed them back through that game. But there were huge buckets by a lot of different guys, and many of them were reserves because Kyrie and Kevin Love were just on the bench, and Ty wasn't going to you know take away from what was working. You know, it's a hell of a safety net these guys have, and you you know the big three still combined for seventy points last night. You know, so it's not like they were you know horrible. But when it came to the field, you know, Kevin looked a little lost, and, and Kyrie just didn't have it falling. But again, you know, you, they have eight days off here, and if it's, if it's a knee issue or a back issue or just fatigue, you know, the, the rest will come in handy while everybody else is beating each other up over the rest of this week. We're, uh, we're talking to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. If I have my facts right, and I think I do, we're waiting for um, the end of the Toronto-Milwaukee series, right? Is that who yes. we're waiting? All right, so who, in, your, uh, in your educated guess, who comes out of that? You know, it's, it seems to be a weird momentum play for these guys, but um, I, Giannis Antetokounmpo scares the crap out of me. As a, you know, if I if I had to pick that, that's who the I Greek want freak, at this right? moment, I'm yeah. I okay. mean, the kid is just incredible. Yeah, he has um, something else. And you know, Chris Middleton's very underrated. You know, Delhi is is, is working <laughs> working the point. Um, but I I think Toronto's guard play is just going to win that series out. Um, but you know, Kyle Lowry was two of 11 in game one and they lost, you know, I think he, you know, he shakes that out. DeMar DeRozan's an all-star. Yeah. Um, you know, and they, they made a lot of key additions, whether it's Serge Ibaka, um, you know, they have, they have a, a quality center in Valanciunas. I just think that that quality will win out over a seven game series. Um, you know, I pick, you know, take your battle and who you want because the Cavs have a tr- trouble defending backcourts. They also, you know, I don't know if they necessarily want LeBron running alongside a Tentacupo for a seven-game series. So that might be tough. Yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be very interesting. But I do think it, you know it'll probably be a six or seven-game set, and I think it'll be Toronto. But again, just like last year when they faced Toronto, they'll have they'll be coming off a week of rest, and Toronto will be limping into the second round if, if if they make it out at all. We the North, yeah, yeah. We saw how that went last year. We're talking to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. It is, you know, as you know, LeBron wrapped up another sweep. But you know, this is Northeast Ohio, so they care more about the NFL draft than they do about LeBron winning <laughs> championships. I know it makes Phantom so crazy. But the draft is this week, and I want to talk to you about this because Warren Sapp, former NFL great, QB super, killer, super, yeah, Super Bowl champion. 
His out saying now, Miles Garrett will be a bust. He says, when I watch this kid on tape, I don't see it. His production against strong SEC teams goes way down. His sacks and all his production came from nobody teams. Warren Sapp is out there saying this kid's a bust. What do the Browns do with the first pick, Scott? Miles Garrett, um, you, 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 uh, the, the Warren Sapp's joining Booger McFarland and a bunch of those other guys who Clickbait. are trying to are trying to be the NFL's version of Stephen A. Smith, where you just Ugh. yell things loud Ugh. and with a lot of certainty, even though you you know you they they may not be one hundred percent right. Um, the the taking that stance is easy because if you're if you're wrong. You know, you're you're just okay, whatever. You're going to the next one. But if right. you're right, you could be like, oh, I was one of the few guys. You know, like Merrill Hodge with with Johnny Manziel, the whole right. thing. Um, you know, I there may be some merits to it. Maybe he has access to tape that we haven't seen. Maybe he sees things a bit differently because he plays the game or played the game. Um, I see an insanely athletic kid who had the ball run away from him more often than not. I see, Fair. you know, a, a kid who's when 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 it's a passing play, it's double and triple team, so his sack totals are going to be low. I see a player who, you know, Joey Bosa, who when he came out, I think he had four sacks his last year at Ohio State. Right. Um, you know, so if you're going to look at sack totals and things like that, yeah, you're going to be underwhelmed. But I think once you see this kid in an, in an NFL environment, and and they can't necessarily always double and triple team him because it'll open up the other side for other guys. I, I think you're going to see the true value in, in a guy like Miles Garrett. So you think they take Miles Garrett at one? Do you have any idea what they might do at 12? I don't think they pick at 12. I think they... Nice. My, my guess is they trade, try and trade up, and if, if, this, if, if this Trubisky smoke does have some fire behind it, I think he's the guy, and if, if they can't get who they want at 12, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded down to try to acquire another pick somewhere along the line. That's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Buddy, thank you so much for moving your schedule around. We do appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Anything for you guys. Take it easy. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm glad he said that, Fantone, as a matter of fact, because I, I just thought about it just now, but the draft's the first round's Thursday, right? Yeah. Hit him up after the show. Let's see if we can get him back Friday morning, kind of recap that for everybody make in case happen. they miss it. Let's try and make that happen. Ladies, it turns out you're every bit, every bit as desperate as dudes. We'll tell you how next on the Stansbury Show. Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Still come 9.30. We'll get choked up with those Ron White tickets as he comes into the Hard Rock Roxino July 28th. Those tickets up for grabs 9.30. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need for those. Looking ahead at tomorrow. 9 o'clock is New Turd Tuesday. Uh, looks like we're going to be giving you a new DNCE Featuring Nicki Minaj. Who is DNCE? Uh, they were the ones who sing that cake by the ocean. Na, 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 na. Something, something, Ali cake by the ocean. It was like the number one song for quite a while. Yeah, I remember that song. That was a big record. I didn't like it, but that was a huge record. And it's the lead singer of DNCE is a um, one of the Jonas Brothers. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I and didn't know that either. Doing his own thing, his own style. So we'll give you that. New Jason Aldean, they don't know. Who's got a, actually a big hit on his hands right now? Uh, any old bar stool is actually uh, pretty big in that format right now. And new, uh, dude, buddy, new sticks. Here we go. Jeez. Like sticks? Sticks? Like sticks. Like Mr. Jeez. Roboto sticks. All right. All right. Gone, 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 the name of that. All right. Take a listen. Turd, 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 I'm sure is what we'll call is that, it. Is that right? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say 20, 2017 sticks, probably not too high of a. Voting uh, early. I like it. Not, not, too, not, not too good there. So the stereotype is is that men are desperate and just will just want women's attention. 
Yeah. And will do anything for a woman's attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I probably exist for a reason, at least somewhat there, right? I mean, we've all seen dudes and probably all been that dude who just turns into a terrible person because of how much they want a woman. I mean, it, yeah, it's happened to me. It has. It's all of us. It's happened to me. Put a pin in it. We'll get to that I, here in a I, second, I, right? I, we'll, we'll both bear our soul okay. here in a minute. But I read this yesterday and I found it to be very interesting. And it's, this is like a bunch of times where women have essentially acted like the desperate dude. Okay. Yeah. Right? right. And you just hear about this a lot less with women because, again, they're desired on a level that, that most men aren't. They've got the product. You know, we don't. At the end of the day, they're the one with the, they're, they're the, one with the and lock. And they'll let you know. <laughs> they're the one with the lock or the one with the key. Right. I, I mean, that's how it is. Yes. Yes, that's true. So I have a few examples here of what women tried to do to impress the guy that they liked. And one of them here is listed as stairway to nowhere. And everybody does this. And by everybody, I mean most people. Okay. And we shouldn't. Because, again, not knowing certain things that somebody else knows is just as a decent way to bond with somebody as being in the same, you know, liking the same things. Okay. You know, somebody exposing you to something that you don't know can be just as beneficial. And one of these women's, one of the women went to Facebook and, like, saw all, like, the bands that this dude loved. Okay. And so... She Googled the song lyrics from the bands, copied them, and put them onto her favorite quote section on Facebook. She goes, we finally started talking. He asked me what I thought about Led Zeppelin. I said, I love him. She, he didn't text her back. That was Devin. And that's bad. See, this is what I'm saying. Don't pretend to be cooler than you are. Allow this person that you're interested in to be interesting, meaning allow them, whether you know about it or not, to explain it out. And I, I don't know why people always make the, well, we're into the same things, therefore we're going to enjoy each other, therefore we're a good fit. I, I, I know where that comes from in the beginning because it seems like, all right, there's somewhere to build a bond, there's somewhere to build a conversation, but that's a very superficial thing that like, oh, we both like Led Zeppelin, therefore we're perfect for each I other. Totally it's did, crazy. I totally did this in my last relationship. And because we kind of like the same movies, same TV shows, same kind of nerdy things. So I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. And what happens there, I'll tell you exactly how that happens, is that you date so many terrible people that you just get screwed over, screwed over, screwed over, that as soon as you meet somebody that's like, oh, my God, we like all the same stuff, you start to then put more importance around that than you should. To me, it just seems like, well, just because we both think Archer is funny doesn't mean that you're a good person, doesn't mean I'm going to like you. It's like people who assume that, like, oh, yeah, we both smoke weed, we're best friends already. And I'm like, God, no, 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 not at all. Like, you're your own person outside of your taste. There's more that defines you than just your taste, right? Yeah, there's going to be a be. lot more. Yeah, should I should be. I, ideally, you would like that. Another woman here, Janina, says, I knew this, this guy that I was obsessed with, like, foreign girls. So I figured it wouldn't hurt me to try my Ugh. fake British accent. Ugh. There's literally nobody who's ever tried to do that where you couldn't figure it out. Unless you were going for, Remember like... Madonna's fake British accents? <laughs> or, or Green Days, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yes. Unless, unless you're trying to... 
essentially deceive them into a one-night stand, which is very sketchy territory, if you ask me. But unless you're trying to deceive them into like, hey, we're going to have sex tonight and I'm never going to talk to you again, what are we going to do? Are we going to keep faking the British accent forever? Oh, fair point. Yeah, what are we going to do there? Yeah, you can't just phase it out. Right. No, no, I'm losing my accents. What? <laughs> Brittany says, I like this guy so much that I told him I, that he was into skateboarding, so I told him I was awesome at it. I wanted to appear like a super chill girl. Naturally, he asked me if I wanted to go with him, so I ended up buying a $100, $120 skateboard. Yeah. I, sk- I skated circles in my garage for like three hours to get the hang of it. When we went skating a few days later, I completely ate S, she said. Of course you did. Immediately, and, and she's just like, it ended up breaking her arm trying to impress a dude. See, this is stuff that guys would do and you just don't think about it with women the last one here cheryl writes as she says this was a bad idea she goes i wanted to pretend like i was super experienced in bed and so i told him uh, that i've been tied up uh, and that i had had benoit balls inside of me okay. she goes but like a typical woman, she says here i got all of my material from 50 shades knowing that he had never read it and she goes, so this tells you how inexperienced I really was. Anyways, instead of being turned on, he was super freaked out. I had to backtrack and basically admit I was making it up to be more attractive. Now she goes, I thought that was going to dig me out of the crazy hole. Nope. No, that deeper ju- in there. That just built you a bigger shovel. Oh, my, dude, this is refreshing for me, man, because guys do stupid stuff for chicks all the What's the dumbest thing you've ever done? Um, I, I don't feel like ever in a I, I never lied about like about something I was able to do. And I feel like I'm more heartbroken. That's when I got stupid as opposed to like when I was trying to in, get in, in something. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you got over there? All right, so I was young, and I was start. I was in like one of those like we're you know just still in high school and like summer romances, okay. right? And this girl I was like kind of like sort of seeing went on like vacation with her family, and you know we had had very you know we had plans to like hook up when she got back to go do things, mm-hmm. and I was like kind of waiting for her when she got home and she got out of the car and was like, uh, what are you doing here? And I was like. Okay, yeah, scratch that. That's like one of those things in life where it's like, don't do the movie thing. No. The movie thing doesn't no. translate to real life. Don't do that. Dude, John, there's a reason why John Cusack is only in movies in the 80s. It's because that stuff worked then, doesn't work now. Gets you on the list now. <laughs> yeah, man, it was awful. Stansberry just standing there waiting. Did you have to like ride your bike home? Was that the saddest? No, I, okay. was, I was driving, but I will say this. I cried all the way home in my in my S Brown Datsun 200 SX. Cried the whole way home, shifting gears, could see the concrete of the street because there was a hole in the floorboard. It was terrible. It was terrible. I started eating the paint away that day, and now I'm 300 pounds. Yeah, I've done I've done stupid things. That's probably not the dumbest thing I've ever done for a chick. No, honestly, all right. Real, I got to be quick here. The dumbest thing I ever did for a woman. So I met this girl while working an event for the radio station, and I fell madly in love with her very fast. She ends up, we, we were texting back and forth or whatever. She ends up, this is so dumb. She got into a pretty bad accident. And she had been drinking and driving. This is years ago, like 2007. Sounds about right for one of the Stansberryettes right there. Okay. Actually, like, flipped the car. (laughs) Okay. And I had never even been on a date with this girl. But her friend called me, and I drove from Lakewood to Kent to bail her out of jail. Wow. Had never been on a date. Wow. 
to bail her out, not just to go like see her, but to bail her out. Bail her out of jail. That was stupid. That was really dumb. I'm gonna take the rest of the day off <laughs> and drink myself into a into death, maybe. Get hooked up with a thousand dollars with Rock 1069's workday double pay. That happens next. Ansbury show on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. We're also online at WRQK.com. Head over there. You can watch a guy who uh, screwed up his job worse than you'll ever screw up yours as a dude crashed a a huge ship into the harbor wall, like smashed it wide open. It's crazy. You can see that at WRQK.com. Your next opportunity to win $1,000 happens real quickly. I, you know, the other day we were talking about uh, the Bureau of Motor Vehicles, BMV. Yeah. And I had said DMV, and like for two hours, people, you're an idiot. You don't know anything. You're an idiot. And I was like, well, guys, they called it the DMV forever. And it turns out I am kind of right because it's state to state. They call it something different. Right. Rhode Island, it's still the DMV. As I'm reading a story about the Rhode Island DMV here, because I'm going to, I'm the reason why I'm bringing this up is I am going to the DMV today. I, uh, you know, I just bought a new car, Wake Auto, and I had to, um, I have to get my actual plates. Now I still, ha- I'm still driving on the temp tag, and my, I looked at my driver's license just now. That expires next month on my birthday. Might as well just do it all right now. Two birds. And so time. I'm going to be going there today, and that made me think about this. But Rhode Island, this point moving forward, you'll no longer be able to smile in your driver's license photos. The Rhode Island Division of Motor Vehicles, the DMV says this is one of several changes taking place in order to comply with strengthened federal security standards. Starting sometime this April, they say people getting their picture will be asked to keep a neutral facial expression with their mouth closed, eyes open. Hair cannot cover the eyes or eyebrows, and hats and glasses cannot be worn. All photos also have to be taken in front of a light-colored background to comply with natural standards. Why would we not let people keep their glasses on? That's the way they're going to look. That's the way they'll look. But I don't know because it can be like what do I want to say? It can be kind of a, a and I want to say a cover up, but you know at least harder for an officer to see what they really look like in their identification. And then you put that same pair of glasses on another person that kind of looks like them, okay. and you know what I mean. I'll make room for it. It just seems like a weird I, distinction I, for me. This sounds like one of those things. It's like, well, why won't they just let them smile? You can just smile. But like, I'm okay with this. I don't <laughs> want to smile in my license photo. All of mine are pretty like just face. Like this is just what I look like. Snap it, dude! I just—it's gonna be in my wallet. Nobody cards me anymore for anything, right? Um, but I—I I, I feel like that's probably the way it should be. I don't, I don't have an issue with this at all. I really don't, dude. I'm looking at my driver's license photo right now, yeah. dude. That is one fat pudgy face. Stands very little overweight there. Stands very—you tell he's there like, as if like I'm not a little <laughs> overweight, like in a photo that would be taken today. Oh my god! What's oh. the, what's the difference between a department and a bureau? I don't know what that is. And that's where we're getting caught up. Is it the DMV or the BMV? Is it the DMV or two, the BMV? Seriously, two hours people wrote in about that. Right. No, I can totally remember it. And it's like, it's like guys, what? everyone, let's <laughs> just relax. It's the DMV. Right. But apparently, you know, in Ohio, it is the BMV. the BMV. I don't understand BMV. that. Smile on your photo if you want. Not. I don't. I personally, I don't understand that at all. We are giving away $1,000. We're doing it right now. Oh. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. We have a pair of Ron White tickets. He's playing the Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park there, July 28th. We'll give you those here in just a few minutes. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. I saw this on Twitter uh, during the break, and I don't know why it struck me, but it but it has. Yeah. I, I saw, a, a, and I don't follow him, but somebody retweeted this, so I okay. saw it. Right? A young man 
in his uh, like graduation, like uh, you know, cap and gown from college. It's that time of year, right? And so there he is. And I was like, okay, well, why do I care about this? And then, so then I read what he had wrote, and the message was, my stepdad told me it was a waste of my time to go to orientation because I would never graduate. Four years later, he's in jail, and here I am with my diploma. Okay. That's sad all the way around. Yeah, yeah. That's sad all the way around. And it struck me because I've bagged on my parents a lot on the program over the years of being on the radio. I've kind of bagged on my parents. I know I'm a little nicer to my dad than I have been to my mom, but I've kind of bagged on them both. And the truth is, somewhere along the line, my mother hatred kind of went from, yeah, she didn't cook for us as kids into like her really being a terrible mother. I don't know how that happened, but somewhere it did, and I had kind of taken it a little too far. My mom was actually pretty good, right? And so like, I saw that, and I was like, oh, my God. Imagine growing up in a house like that where like people don't – like I gave my parents no inclination whatsoever that I could do anything, but my parents thought I could. Like, my dad constantly, with the positive, you know, reaffirming me, like, no, dude, you're fine. You're going to be fine. You you can do stuff. You were born with some skills. You're going to be fine. I gave him no reason to believe it. But there he was with it constantly. I can't imagine what it would be like to want to chase dreams and just have your parents, of all people, be naysayers. You know, I think your your parents, and I think with a lot of times in relationships or, or with other loved ones that you had, whether it's your kids, your nephews, whatever, I think you can often see potential in people that others can't or that they don't see in themselves i think that's a very common thing it's hard to see yourself you also want to see it in your kids i would imagine it's hard to see yourself as worthy of what you are you know what i mean like sure. that's that, that's that's a tough thing i think for a lot of people to do um but i mean dude this is this is i feel like far more common i, I almost feel a little bit like well yeah dude of course this happens on a regular basis and we all kind of you know people who come from decent families or decent households or and maybe decent's not even the right word right there but supportive at the very least you take that for granted and you don't understand what a privilege that is and like you know coming from you know a a family that was very no, you're getting up and going to school, and no, you're doing your homework. I'm checking it, and yes, of course, there's dinner Brush your ready. Teeth. Eat right, your vegetables, right. and we take those things for granted, and we take those things for like, well, of course, I just know how to get up and go to work every morning because I'm a self-made man, and it's like BS, BS, you are, dude, and that's the problem that I have with a lot of people who want to judge others is that like you think that everybody had the same opportunity as you, you think everybody has learned the same lessons from you, but if you come from a family where like you said like your you know your stepdad your parents whoever is telling you no you're not capable of doing this it's hard to just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and like well yeah I'll do it it, it, it was hard enough for us as people who come from supportive families to do right. that how do you feel as a 19 year old who's been told no you're too dumb you're too stupid you're, you're not you're not worthy of that see what kills me is is like we're talking about a kid who wanted to go to college right like college now I remember when I started chasing this as like a dream People who were in the industry kind of told me, look, your friends and your family are going to try to keep you grounded and they're going to try to tell you they can't make it because most people won't, most people won't dream chase. They just want to, they, they want the comfort of a gig. They just want a job. Right. And so most people won't dream chase. So they'll kind of like try to tell you how hard it's going to be and all this stuff because really what they're doing is, is they're, yelling at themselves for not chasing after their stuff or you know they're a little jealous of you for that but like my parents both when i came home and said i think i found what i want to do 
My dad said to me, he goes, well, yeah, that's, that's, yes, exactly. That is, go do that. You would be great at that. So to have to like, and, and again, this is like, this is a hard job to get, and, yeah. you know, and, and honestly, the jobs I've had are hard to get. And so I, I've been very, very lucky like that. But like the dream is going to a four year university and your stepdad's going to tell you, don't even bother because you'll never make it. I just I can't even fathom growing up in a house like that. I, I, I hate saying this because it almost sounds like a defeatist message, but like some people just don't have a chance, and it's very easy to judge them, and it's very easy to be like, oh, "Dude, you're a terrible human." But when you haven't been supported through your life, I mean, it's 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 a great story when the rose rises from the concrete, and it's like, "Oh, that's so special." But like at the end of the day, a vast majority of those weeds get suppressed and get stomped down, dude. And like it's 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 a it's a it's a great you know well if you just try hard enough and if you work hard enough and you believe in yourself you can overcome anything and no you can't no you can't dude not everyone can some people are going to be able to but dude if 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 nobody's telling you to get out of bed as a kid and to get yourself in the shower and to brush your teeth no you'll be a teenager uh, right well you're going to be you're going to be, just be lazy you're going to be perpetually underdeveloped in that area and if nobody's teaching you about work ethic if nobody's teaching you like hey this is how you handle your responsibilities and this is how you take care of a budget and this is how you you know how you do these how you take care of a family if nobody teaches you that i mean you could make a drinking game on this show about how many times a week i say you know my dad used to say to me all the time as a kid like i mean how many times do i say that to some honestly people write me a lot and say tell me it's too much well and how many times in uh, over the course of the show will you say to me like ah dude your mom was too nice to you she was too supportive (laughs) of you she gave you too much joking about it but yeah she was there for you but right that's why i have self-confidence and that's why i believe in myself and that i'm capable of doing things is because somebody taught that to me if nobody's teaching you these lessons it's it's like i said it's easy to judge but like what do you expect was Gonna happen. So if you're just joining us, I saw this guy on Twitter. He was like, standing there in his graduation cap and gown, and you know he was telling the story about how his stepdad told him, "Ah, don't go to orientation; you'll never graduate." Now the stepdad's in jail, and he's got his diploma. And you know what? It made me. And normally I would say, "Yeah, this makes me think about my dad," but it doesn't. This made me think about my mom, because again, I've been hard on my mom. But the truth of the matter is, is that my mom would never have said something like that to me. You know what I mean? She wasn't a great cook, but that's not something to hate her for. That's not something to hate her for. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, even though, like I said, I gave my parents no inclination, no reason whatsoever to be like, yeah, my kids got something. No reason. Dude, I was a lazy layabout constantly. And my parents were both like, no, Daniel, I'm telling you, you can do you. My dad used to tell me, both of them used to tell me, you were you were born and destined for more. And I would always be like, not really. No, I'm not. (laughs) Not really. It's it's one of those things where the truth is going to lie in the middle here because on one end you've got completely unsupportive parents who are telling their kid even even maybe not even unsupportive but like they're throwing hurdles in front of their kids saying no don't go to college you're too dumb you're too, you're too dumb nobody's ever going to make it not to go to college so so you've got those parents on the flip side of that coin you've got the parents who are like every dream you've ever had is going to come true and life's always going to be so special and I'll do your school project for you and I'll dude I'll take care of your cell phone bill until you're 25 and so. There's those two opposite sides. Somewhere in the middle is where we're supposed to be. But I don't know if it's up to me. I'm probably erring more on the side of, well, at least I showed my kid that I love him, I support him, and I believe in him. Yeah, I don't know what would... I mean, now, granted, it was his stepdad, not his father. But, like, what I'm going to tell people is that if you're not... If you don't... If you're not going to sign up for 18 to 21 years... 
of positive reinforcement, then what are you having the kid for? I mean, honestly, sometimes I'm 33 years old, call my mom on Friday. I'm like, Mom, this is what happened at work. I don't exactly know what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Matthew, you'll be fine. So, dude, I'd, lo- I'd love to be like, yeah, 21 years and you'll be over it. But no, this is a lifetime sign up, dude. You're going to have to be there for that person. If I was going to be honest, my mom wishes I would make that call more. You know what I mean? Like my mom, like if I would have called my, because we did, we had a weird work meeting on Friday and it just was like a little bit of a bummer, nothing terrible, but it was a little bit of a bummer. And you know, if I would have called my mom, she would have been blown away by that. I should probably do that more. I was telling Phantom this earlier about somebody, about our boss, as a matter of fact, like, dude, sometimes you just got to need people just so they feel needed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, you should probably do that with your parents. I just couldn't, like I said, somewhere along the line over the years, like my bagging on my mom turned into a more serious thing than what it was intended to start out as. And when I read that, I was like, oh my God. I was like, yeah, was she the best mom ever? No, probably not. Was she the worst mom ever? No, probably not. But like, she would have definitely supported my decision for higher education. As a matter of fact, they did. I went to I went to college twice, didn't graduate. I mean, and, and, and how, how about that logic? You're too dumb, therefore you should not attempt to educate yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, that's where I, you go, not to be dumb. Right, like the most self-defeating cycle of all time. But, dude, on an everyday basis, and you I'm sure... Sh- you see this, because Fantone, for those of you that don't know, he works with a, uh, he works with a group here, a, 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 I guess a... Isn't it? I don't want to call it a charity. That seems weird. But nonprofit, nonprofit. nonprofit. That's the, that's the word I was struggling for. But uh, Project Rebuild, correct? Which is at risk youth. Yeah. And so you probably see this a lot, right? It's dude. It's it's one of the main things that we have to work on with young people. Is that okay? Here's your job skills, and it's important that you learn how to do this, that, and 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 how to put in a window, and and what all these different things are. But just working on self confidence and like believing that you're worthy of a job. That's such a huge hurdle for kids that are that are in tough situations. Of a there. job. You're worthy. Of, like, you're worthy of a job. You're worthy of working at Subway. You're worthy of a paycheck. Like that's what I have to convince kids of. It's tough, man. It is. Wow. Everybody's worthy of a job. You think? You might not be worthy of, like, the best job ever, but, like, everybody's worth going to work and cashing a paycheck. Everybody's worth that. Yeah, when I saw that, man, like, stuff doesn't normally jar me like that. But that one did, and I thought about that. You know, again, I told the story the other day that I got into this industry because of a, of a family tragedy. And when I think about how many years I wasted even the fact that I grew up in a two-parent household, in a suburban city, good schools, good right. education, right. and I wasted a lot of that opportunity. It's crazy. And honestly, seeing that kid on Twitter doing that and celebrating the fact that he graduated from college, growing up in that kind of environment, it did. It kind of struck me. It kind of struck me. Maybe I should have kids. A moment of self-realization with Stan Let's end the show before I have children. <laughs> Kidding. I we do have to get into this Sidney Crosby debate again Good. Well, one more time. Good. One more time to end the Great. program. That happens next. Also, Ron White tickets. Hang on. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 1069 online, WRQK.com. Also, we have a pair of Ron White tickets as he's playing the Hard Rock Rock Casino July 28th. We'll get you into that here shortly. 1 800 243 7625 the number you'll need. It was a little earlier in this program. We were talking about LeBron James and how he has now. Uh, I believe this Pacer series was the 10th time he has swept a playoff opponent. Crazy. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, LeBron's all right. It's all right. Glad he's on our team. I think 14 years into the league, I'm ready to I'm ready to call him like a success. I think he's good. Yeah, this guy might turn into something here. <laughs> he might be on to something that LeBron might. 
And Fantone had kind of made a statement about like just how like most other athletes are just not on LeBron's level. They're just not. I'm gonna say it, dude. Arguably the or not even arguably greatest a- greatest athlete on the planet right now. There's nobody that that comes close to him. In my and opinion. a listener took issue with it, wrote in and said, "I was just listening to the show on my way to work, like I do every morning." Justin, mm-hmm. we appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Said when I heard something that I really disagree with. Fantone was talking about LeBron James' skill and charisma as an athlete and said nobody in sports has that right now. I don't really follow too many sports, but I know the major stars in popular sports. I follow hockey closely and can say that Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, and as much as I hate to say it, Sidney Crosby all possess LeBron-level talent. Comparatively in hockey, McDavid and Matthews are both very young players and are already showcasing humongous potential for record-breaking in their future. Here's the thing. LeBron James isn't showing humongous potential. He's done it. He's doing it. That's doing it. He says, I can't stand Sidney Crosby, but there's no denying that he is a fantastic hockey player, Hall of Fame bound. If you're going to make claims in the future, take into account more sports than just basketball, football, and baseball. And I said the first time we addressed this that hockey went on strike a few years ago and 90% of America didn't know. The playoff are happening right now as we speak and nobody's watching as we as we uh, like it, it's happening no the, n- nobody's paying attention the ratings for hockey are abysmal name five teams in the nhl playoffs right now i don't know couldn't do it i could guess because and I, and, and I would guess like the big market teams and i could be way wrong i have no clue now i will say this and i've said it online so maybe i should say it on the air so people know this playoff hockey is amazing i love going to games when i lived in towns that had hockey i loved going but Let's not pretend hockey has caught the attention of the American sports public the way the Big Three has. And honestly, you can make the argument that MLS is overtaking baseball. Now, Ronaldo, huge star in there. But again, most of America is not ready yet for MLS. So I got asked this question about the, the LeBron factor. Somebody said, you know, you're a golf person. So in his height, was Tiger there? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Like, Tiger, honestly, is more decorated in his career than LeBron is at this point. Just because Tiger won 14 majors, it's unheard of. I mean, other than Jack winning 18. And I want to say a little bit of difference there, just in the sense of team sport versus individual sport. You got, you got to factor things in there. Yeah, I, yeah, and I will, but you can make the argument on the other side of that that he's got to beat 50 guys every weekend and rely on nobody but himself to do it. There are some differences there. But what I will say is, is that also what made Tiger's story a little bit different and a little bit special, and again, the charisma helped here, is that LeBron's not breaking new ground. LeBron's not like, oh my God, an African American can play basketball. Jeez. Like that, that's not happening. Blacks in the NBA never thought of that. <laughs> you know one. what I mean? He's not necessarily knocking that door down. Right. Where Tiger kind of had to knock that door down when he won his I, the first major he won was the Masters in '97, and somebody had said, "Yeah, he's probably going to have fried chicken at the dinner." Jeez. Like that was. I mean, dude, that's what was happening. But really, what we're talking about here is a, a the the other aspect to why I feel like LeBron is the greatest of all time. Why you could make the argument that Tiger greatest of all time is that we're talking about things that are bigger than just the game. Like you can find a ton of great golfers, you can find a ton of great basketball players, but a part of what makes LeBron so special and what truly sets him apart from the rest is that he is able to take the entire weight of the league. It's not just like, man, I got to carry this team. It's dude, I have to carry this entire sport. You say that about Tiger too, right? That's right. what makes him great, right? Those Tiger the, carried the sport. That, that that's what the difference is there between Sidney Crosby and and and, and, and LeBron. Number one, 
LeBron's better at basketball than Sidney Crosby is, is at hockey. I don't care what you say. It's true. It, 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 I don't care. There's, there's no comparison. You run the numbers, yes. You can't find, you can't find it, uh, Sidney Crosby on the top 50 scorers in NHL history. And he's nowhere near as good as Tiger was. Right. So nowhere like, near so, it. So, so that aside, but you also have to factor in the off-the-court things. And I'm not saying that, oh, LeBron's a great guy or anything this like that. This is where that. LeBron would pass Tiger but easily. When it, but when it comes to brand expansion, when it comes to, when it comes to a, an ambassador of the sport. Oh, you, I wasn't even talking about that. Well, I mean, I'm just saying when it comes to those things, that's what makes a part of what makes LeBron so special is, is he as he is in commercials. Why doesn't have Sidney Crosby any commercials? Never seen a Sidney Crosby commercial in my entire goddamn He's life. He's probably done a couple, but no, not like not right. at the level of LeBron. Right. And I would have to put LeBron above Tiger because, again, most people care about basketball more than they care about golf. So it's more impressive. And. Dude, Tiger carried the PGA. There's no doubt. Golf courses started to close at like an alarming rate once he once he was no longer in the sport. But again, off the court issues, and I'm going to go another way. Not brand expansion. Dude, Tiger's got, I mean, some serious black eyes on his legacy, given his philander. You know what I mean? He just kept running around. Oh. LeBron has been scandal free 14 years. And let's be real, Tiger as the most recognizable human on the planet. I, Dude, I'm telling you right now, 95 to 97% of you listening right now, your life could never, never, never withstand the public scrutiny that a guy like LeBron James, like a celebrity on that level goes through. Nobody's related Relationships, nobody's marriages, nobody's in things with their kids could live up and and like make it through what that guy deals with. I think you have to factor in Tiger's dark days, which he's currently in right now too. It's a part of hurting his, the legacy. It's a, it's a part of his playing it's career. Hurting the legacy. So he should just back. Dude, I'm the biggest golf fan in the world. And I know ratings go up, everything goes up if he plays. But honestly, legacy concern, he should be done. I'm being told via Twitter that Sidney Crosby. Is like the is like the NHL's Dominique Wilkins, very good, but he's not Gordie Howe. He's not uh, sure. uh, 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 you know Wayne Gretzky. He's not none of those things. And again, Mario, yeah, you none of those guys. He's yeah. not top twenty five in anything yet. Now he's hasn't been. In, well, though he's Jesus. been in, he's been in for twelve years and he's missed huge. Is it twelve parts. years? Yeah, two thousand and five is what I saw as, as his rookie yeah, year. Maxwell used to go off all the and, time about him. So yeah, it had to be that long. And has missed huge chunks of his career, dude. I'm sure the Penguins would have loved it if the guy would have been available for the entire time. But dude, if your body's made of glass, and obviously Sydney 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 I'm gonna say Sydney Portier, but Sydney Crosby obviously Jeez. has 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 had, has had plenty of health issues. Coming to play Sustainability is a part of success. Being available, yes. It is. I'm being told Ronaldo and Messi are on LeBron's level. That may be true. Okay, I don't. I, I will admit that I don't follow soccer as closely as maybe I should. Um, and I do like. As a guy who doesn't watch it, I know those names. And if I saw their photos, I would know who they are. But again, I don't think the sport's at that level, so I won't totally put them there. But you could make an argument for both those guys. I would give you those. So now we're making arguments but, for two dudes. You know what I'm saying? So obviously it's not that. Although if we're going to say two guys currently in the sport are on LeBron's level, nobody in the NBA is on LeBron's level. We're almost disrespecting what he's done. Right. Then you're not on that level. If there's two of you there, oh, well, they're both the greatest of all time. We want to talk about goddamn participation plaques. <laughs> right. See, you dude, both get to be greatest see, of all time. Dude, when you attack the Cavaliers, Jeez. man, he just, he just can't, he just can't handle on. it. He just can't handle it. Man, this debate is heated. You know what? We'll get.
get back into this again tomorrow. Bring it. Let's uh, let's hand out these uh, Ron White tickets. July 28th, he's in town at the Hard Rock Roxino. We'll send you right now. We'll take caller 17, 1-800-243-7625. Uh, you're off to Ron White. Aside from that, we're done for the day, and I can't even can't believe, believe I'm saying that. Can't I blink, and today was over. Thanks for being a part of it. I hope you guys have a great afternoon. Be safe. We'll see you tomorrow. Hang on.